to the jury. The prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Good evening and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report, coming to you live from beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. We broadcast each and every weeknight, Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m., here on Global Star Radio Network, as well as YouTube and Blog Talk Radio. And you can watch us live on YouTube every night, um, but the Global Star is our home base for broadcasting. Um, I am Joe Hagman. My co-host Doug Hagman is in the meetings tonight so he won't be with us uh, tonight but uh, he is okay and uh, probably worse off at the meetings sitting through that stuff than than having to be here with our great guest tonight I'm a private investigator and um, the other half of our father-son radio show host team that we have uh, which is is uh, fantastic. Uh, my dad was on Alex Jones t- today. For those of you who missed it, it was the second hour, I believe, of the show, and uh, it was a fantastic job. Uh, I was in the background there, and we had a lot of fun, and the broadcast went well. So it's great to have each and every one of you here. We got a great show lined up for you tonight. Um, the title of the show: An Evil Tree Cannot Bear Good Fruit, with Greg Jackson and with Coach Dave Dobemeyer. Um, Greg Jackson is the author of 40 Things to Teach Your Children Before You Die. I've got a copy of his book right here. And this is a great book, A Treasure Trove of Truth for Children and Parents, just as it says on the back. Uh, fantastic book. And Coach Dave, uh, ptsalt.com, passthesalt.com. Also, uh, go to his YouTube as well. You can go to News with Views and check out the latest messages. Um, specifically uh, the one from yesterday, uh, which is what we're going to be getting into today. We do have Coach with us, as well as Greg. I'm going to introduce Coach Dave and bring him on. Coach, it's great to have you back on the show. Joe, it's, my goodness, it's been it's been quite a while. I don't even know how long it's been, and always enjoy being on with you guys, and as always, man, appreciate uh, appreciate everything that you guys bring to the table. Well, it's great to have you on, and we appreciate having you with us, um, and and you know everything you do you're on the front lines uh daily and not only that um you've been making a lot more youtube videos and and reaching out there and, and uh it's just great to be able to to wake up and to turn on your youtube channel and get a, a quick uh message of hope and and then you know um doing the the, the hangouts uh with yeah, other well, people actually, listeners actually, Joe, we've been, uh, it's been about a month now i started a 7 a.m. eastern standard time program called Pass Assault. It's, you know, they can catch it on, uh, <clears throat> they can go to coachdave.tv, coachdave.tv. They can catch it on, mm-hmm. on every every morning at 7 o'clock. We have a new show comes up there. It's live from from my studio. It's not as polished as what you guys are now with your with your great upgrade and everything. But, brother, I'm telling you something. We get a panel of guys that come in. And we have, it's interactive. Uh, I don't want to call it radio because we're doing it, you know, we do video, but you can watch it on YouTube. It's interactive 
And uh, I, I tell you, buddy, we have been we have really, really been busting it. And I would I would just encourage everybody, not because I'm doing it, but I, I believe you really be fed. Go to Coach Dave. TV. In fact, Joe, I did a show this morning on the 4th. This is the 4th of March. Uh, but, man, I'm telling you, um, the Holy Spirit was really, really there. And I think, uh, you know, if got, a lot of people were listening to the show tonight. You know, they're, they're Internet junkies like me. They listen to good stuff on the, on the Internet rather than the, the, uh, the TV. And I would just tell you, they ought to all make time to try to listen to that show that we did this morning. Again, it's at CoachDave.tv, CoachDave.tv, and it's the it's the March 4th. And the, they're, they're all good, Joe. The March 3rd one was good. And we're talking about stuff that's really, really relevant to where we are, more than just political, but the spiritual component to what is, I believe is going on around us uh, as, as we fight uh, this battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And that, you know, that's awesome. And that's what's missing, you know, in all the media outlets, it seems, is the spiritual aspect and connections as to what's going on when you try to do a, a show uh, especially a political show you cannot separate what's happening in the political world from what's going on in the spiritual world and people would like to do that they try to do that unfortunately they're too interrelated and they cannot be separated and but see joe that's that's the problem that we have i believe with uh, with our churches I believe much of what uh, what we've done is I, I call compartmentalized Christianity. You know, your Christianity applies to you, your personal life, your finances, your health, your children, all the, all that stuff that, that uh, you know involves our everyday living. But we don't understand the greater aspect of the uh, in uh, Genesis. God said He'd put in between between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. And we don't understand this spiritual battle, this wrestling not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers evil spirits in high places that's going on every day in America. Joe, this battle is bigger than the devil and Joe Hagman. It's bigger than the than just the devil against Coach Dave. It's bigger than that. It's about principalities and powers. It's about the evil one trying to seize positions of authority, those evil spirits in high places. And if we look at what's going on politically, and we look at what's going on in the White House, we look at what's going on in Washington, D.C., and we eliminate the spiritual dynamic that's this invisible world, this invisible realm that is influencing everything that's going on. Joe, if we eliminate that, none of this stuff's going to make sense to us. You're exactly right. And also with us tonight is author... Greg Jackson. Again, he's the author of 40 Things to Teach Your Children Before You Die. Fantastic book, um, reaching the hearts of so many and allowing parents a way to help explain to their children spiritual principles in the Bible that are sound. Um, and just, I would recommend anybody who's a parent that uh, would like to teach their children um, not only these principles, but, you know, this could be the beginning, laying the foundation of, of a biblical uh, relationship with you and your kids. And it's important that they get this information and understand it. With that, Greg Jackson, welcome back to the show. Joe, it's always an, an honor and a pleasure being on the Hagman and Hagman Report. And um, I just want to say uh, for, for Coach Dave, Coach Dave, good to be on the air with you, brother. 
Um, hey man, may, may Bill Cregan, I've never met. Uh, we, we've uh, we've bantered back and forth for probably ten years. We've never met eyeball to eyeball, and we're going to do that for the first time when we we go to Dallas. And I'm I'm certainly looking forward to it. Hey Greg, if I can say this real quick, go ahead. You know, a lot of people have tuned in right now, and I, I'll tune in sometimes. And got a lot of stuff going on. You know, at seven o'clock here where I live, there's a lot of stuff happening around me at seven o'clock, and I tune in, and you know, you listen to the guests, and you just try to figure out, uh, Lord, is this really something? You know, do I have time to focus on this tonight? Folks, I'm telling you, listen, don't turn this off. <laughs> Just don't turn this off. I'm telling you, this is going to be, a, this is going to be an eye-opening uh, give and take tonight that I think that you're going to be glad you listened to. Well, yeah, I want to echo that, Coach. And, uh, yeah, you and I have known each other for many years. You, I was on your show in Ohio uh, a number of times, and I've interviewed you uh, when I was on the radio in Boston and Los Angeles, and we're finally going to meet, Coach. We're going to meet in a couple weeks at the Hear the Watchman conference. We're going to be talking a little bit more about that because that is going to be that is going to be a spectacular event, must uh, attend event. Uh, but I, I did want to say, Coach, uh, just to echo what Coach is is saying about your YouTube channel, and not to to to, to be too uh, forward and, and promotional, but folks. Uh, start your day off listening to Coach Dave. It's an hour. You, you can listen live, or it's archived as well. I'm telling you, give it, give it, a, give it a shot. Go to CoachDave.tv. Check out some of the stuff that he's doing in the morning. Because if you want it, if you want it, uh, you, you know, uh, with without cream and sugar, just straight black, uh, with a couple shots of espresso in it, maybe even eight shots of espresso in it, and uh, you want no nonsense biblical-based truth, you're going to get it from Coach Dave. And the thing is, it's going to enable you to understand the somewhat confusing or very confusing times to many that we're living in. It's going to give you clarity. It's going to enable you to to not be confused. And, uh, Coach, you have a, a number of great men that, that, you've, that you've assembled around you that's part of that show. I love the, the format. So start your day with Coach. Finish your day with Joe and Doug. And uh, that's really all you need. I mean, I know that there's some other good shows out there. But I do want to echo what you said, Coach, in terms of uh, not missing this show and to stay tuned in, because this is, going to be, this is going to be, I think, vital for people to understand the times in which we're, we're, we're living in and to not be confused. Because I don't know about you, Coach, and, and, and Joe, but uh, you know, I meet people all the time that say, man, I've never seen anything like this. This thing is so confusing to me. And... I don't even know what to think. Should I support Trump? Should I not support Trump? Should I support Cruz? I mean, we're seeing a dynamic, I think, that you guys would both agree that we've never seen in our lifetime, at least in this political election. But Coach and I were talking earlier, and there, there's, it's more than just the political uh, season. It's more than just the presidential election that we're going to be talking about tonight. It's because there's some, some bigger spiritual truths. And, and Coach had a video that I would heavily recommend everybody watching. I think a couple weeks ago, Coach, called a, uh, An Evil Tree Cannot Bear Good Fruit. The show you did on Salt and Light on your radio show, and it really compelled me. And I immediately called you, Coach, and talked about how it opened my eyes to a lot of of uh, political realities and most importantly spiritual realities help me to understand exactly what's 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 taking place before our very eyes right now and i think that it's important for listeners around the 
United States and, and around the world to really uh, to, to, to get a more in-depth depth understanding of what exactly Donald Trump and all the rest of the players represent, because I think God is doing something. Wouldn't you agree, Coach, that is much bigger than just an election? I think that there's much more to this story, and when you see it in living color and in context, and you see it with a biblical point of view and lens, I, I, I believe that uh, it, 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 clear, it will clear up a lot of things for a lot of people. Don't you agree, Coach? Well, not only that, Greg, uh, this may be a shock to your listeners, but uh, I I did some research today, and I found out, without a shadow of a doubt, God is not an American. And he's not a Republican. I know that's a shock, but he really isn't. And everything that's going on, see, we are so compartmentalized, especially we Americans. We're so compartmentalized, and we're focused on what's going on in America, and we don't understand. We don't, for whatever reason, we're not being taught in our churches to look outside this natural realm in which we live and understand the larger battle that's going on in the heavenlies. The scriptures are very clear to us, Doug, or I'm sorry, uh, Joe and Greg, and Doug, when you get a chance to listen to this tomorrow, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, evil spirits in high places. Now let's just stop right there a second. What is a high place? What is, it, what is it when Paul wrote that in Ephesians 6 that we wrestle not against, but principalities and powers, evil spirits in high places, we take the gospel, we take the spiritual war, and we grind it down and we compress it down, and it becomes just about little old me and my family and my, the environment in which I live. And although that all is significant and is important, it's just a lo- smaller piece of a larger scheme that's being played out before us. And I like to use this, this picture. Uh, we are, the scripture tells us in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse, uh, uh, I think it's 12, verse 1, seeing we are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let's just stop there a minute, Joe. What does that mean? We are encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Evidently, there is a realm around us. I, I like to use the illustro- illustration. We're in a big fish tank. I like to go to the the aquarium here at the Columbus Zoo, Columbus, Ohio Zoo. I walk in there, and you can see those hammerhead sharks, and you can see all those big fish in there, and they're all swimming around. They don't even see you. They don't even know that you're there because they are in their own world. They think that little tank or that big tank they're in, they think that's the world. They have no idea that my my five-year-old granddaughter's outside looking in, making faces at them. They can't even see her. Well, we are encompassed about, we are in a tank. We are in an earth tank. And we are encompassed about with a spiritual realm that we don't, we're not able to see it. We, we, we don't even understand. And that this, we think where we are, right where I am here in the Columbus, Ohio area, that this is the world. And brother, it, the thing is so much bigger. And this battle that's going on is a universal, worldly battle. It's far more immense than what we can even, even understand. And if we don't up, open our eyes and uh, understand what's going on around us, then we think the battle's just a political battle, just a Republican against a Democrat, just, just Donald Trump against Ted Cruz. If, if, if we get stuck in that paradigm, in that little 
fish tank, if that's all we see, we're never going to be able to see the larger picture that's going on around us. Yeah, I totally agree, Coach. Um, you know, and, and it's funny because you and I were talking uh, earlier about uh, our past, right, and, and, and how we crossed paths years ago. Uh, me and, and, you know, my when my first book came out, Conservative Comeback to Liberalize, it became kind of a sensation. I got to that gained me access into a lot of these conservative circles on Fox News and on a lot of radio shows nationwide, and then having my own show in Boston and emceeing the, the Conservative Political Action Conference and introducing the presidential candidates and feeling kind of self-important and like one of the cool kids on the block in a lot of ways. And... Um, uh, also, I think uh, ha- having some involvement in some of the circles that you ran into, Coach, in terms of the the pro-family, pro-life, parachurch organizations and having contact with some of those leaders, the Phyllis Schlafly's of the world and, um, you know, people uh, from American Right to Life and, and others and the movers and shakers. And my eyes were, were really opened uh, a couple of years back, probably, I'd say around 2008, um, and what I realized at that point in time, thanks be to God, Coach, that I had been guilty of elevating the flag. You just recently said uh, earlier that God is not an American. You've done your research, and but I always thought he was. Uh, well, in many ways, I was. I was guilty. A Republican, of, right, Greg? And a Republican as well. I mean, my biblical, my worldview was the more Republicans we can elect to office. Uh, the more Republican nominees we can put on the Supreme Court, the better off. That's the answer to all of America's problems. In short, I was guilty of elevating the flag above the cross. And I think that, uh, you know, I was caught like a lot of people are in that Hegelian dialectic, that false right-left paradigm and even though the Republican Party uh, was not always the way it is right now, Coach, I think you would agree, and, and Joe, you and I talked about this earlier, uh, if, you, if, if you really look at it honestly, and if you, if you look at it, I think, through a biblical lens, the help of the Holy Spirit, you will see that these are two wings of the same bird, two uh, sides of the same coin, which is why they hate Trump so much because Trump isn't part of the cool kids inner sanctum inner so when you have your eyes open you realize that all these years that you've been voting for the republicans for the most part and not seeing any change and then being confused and then what is it uh, wash spin and repeat every 4 years we fall for the same banana in the pi- tailpipe trick every four years, and the same people tell us you got to vote Republican, lesser of two evils, the same stuff. And we wonder, well, why after all of the millions of dollars and time and effort in electing Republicans and all this thing, why is the United States of America so radically to the left in virtually every area of society and culture. Why are the schools more pagan? Why are there why are there still four thousand abortions per day? Why is homosexuality being mainstreamed in America? Why why is the why is the government broke? Why why is it that our our uh, borders are porous and, and wide open? Why is it that they're uh, uh, you know the 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 the, the morality 
in general uh, and the, the violence and the sex that's being promulgated from Hollywood and in our media around the world why is why are we the number one disseminator of all of that filth and the answer I believe coach and and, and this is really kind of what we're going to be focusing on today is when you realize that the same tree it's the same tree it's the same evil idolatrous tree that has spawned both the Republican and Democrat Party. I know some people, this is going to ruffle some feathers, because people are very protective of their Republican Party and their affiliations. By the way, I'm not saying, I've voted mostly Republican most of my adult life. I'm not saying that if you vote Republican, you're evil, you're bad, you're going to hell. But what I am saying is that once you understand what Coach has been trying to, uh, uh, that you've said in, in the video, uh, regarding an evil tree not being able to bear fruit. When you recognize and acknowledge the fact that if we're going to be honest, Coach, we have to recognize that if you look at the fruit of the Republican tree, you have to acknowledge it. And if you agree that it is indeed evil, then you, we have to go to the words of Jesus. And what did Jesus say? An evil tree cannot bear good fruit. Coach, you opened my eyes to this. If the Republican political tree that's responsible for funding Obamacare, fully funding Obamacare, funding of Planned Parenthood to the tune of half a billion dollars per year, putting Republican nominees on the Supreme Court, like Justice Roberts, who is the deciding vote in Obamacare, uh, uh, putting, uh, you know, having a Republican majority continue to fund all of the uh, all, all of the, the filth and all of the immorality that is spawned out of Washington, D.C. And if we, if we understand, if we realize that the Republican Party is responsible for that, and that it, it is, it is, it is and, and by the way, I'm not saying rank-and-file voters, Coach and Joe. No, no. I'm Greg. saying that if we agree, if we're all in agreement tonight that if we look at the fruit of the Republican Party lying to us time after time after time, using evangelical Christians like the Democrat Party uses blacks to get them out to the polls, to get them in power, to get them elected, if we, if we, if we just do an honest assessment and say, what have we gotten out of this? Nothing. We've been used and abused like a battered wife. And shame on us if we keep continue to bury our head in the sand and continue to take it. And so I think that when you, when you recognize that this tree is evil, I mean, look, Mitt Romney in the last election was no different than Barack Obama, and I made the case that he was actually worse. Barack Obama didn't institute same-sex marriage as governor of Massachusetts. Barack Obama didn't uh, uh, institute uh, Romney care which is socialist health care that complete with taxpayer funded $50 copay abortion on demand that was Mitt Romney uh, it wasn't it wasn't Barack Obama that uh, that forced Catholic charities to place children with homosexual and lesbian couples it wasn't Barack Obama that forced Catholic hospitals to issue abortifacients, that was Mitt Romney. And yet, what were we told, Coach and Joe, four years ago? you got to vote for Romney, and if you don't, vote for the lesser of two evils, even though he's a pro-abort, pro-sodomite, big government, 
fifth generation high priest of a, an anti-Christical cult that was uh, made millions of dollars off a stereocycle, which is an abor- ab- abortion in- incinerator uh, company. For those of you who aren't familiar with stereocycle, M- Mitt Romney made millions of dollars. We were told if we didn't vote for Mitt Romney, then we were responsible for Barack Obama, the lesser of two. And this is what we're told every four years with John McCain and George Bush and Mitt Romney and, and, and now whoever the, uh, you know, wh- whoever the Republicans nominate. But if we're going to be honest with ourselves tonight, we have to make a decision. If we agree that the Republican Party and their fruit is evil, then we have to come to the conclusion, Coach, correct me if I'm wrong, that whoever they nominate will be evil as well. Greg, if I, if I could, uh, uh, I just sense in my spirit, I, I, I just want to, I want to pray here a second if I could. Uh, and uh, before I pray, I, I, I know people that are listening, right? I want you people, I want people to understand this. I'm, a, I'm active politically. I believe in being involved in the political process. I go out every day and I fight for truth and justice in the American way. I do that. I've dedicated my life to that. So I'm not in any way telling us that we need to pull back or not be part of it. I'm not saying that. But I sense that maybe some people are getting that in their spirit. That's why I want to just pray about this just a second. Lord, we just thank you right now, Lord, that uh, the, the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing in your sight tonight, Lord. And we pray that you said that your word will not uh, return void, but it will perform that which you sent it to do. And Father, just pray for open eyes, eyes of understanding and enlightenment would come to people that we may see and know and understand, Lord. You told us we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices, Lord Jesus. We just pray that uh, that you would anoint our words and anoint the ears tonight in Jesus' name. Let's go to the word real quick. I like to do that. I I, um, I, I go back, uh, Doug and Joe, or uh, uh, Greg and uh, I'm used to Doug being there. I, I'm, I go back about uh, five years ago, four years. I can't remember when it, when it was for sure. I was with our friend, mutual friend, Alan Keyes, and I'm not name dropping. I know Alan Keyes and and Mitt Romney was was uh, running and it was about this time of the year I think and and I said hey Alan what's going on man because Alan used to be part of the politi- of the Republican Party you know he was he was you know he was in those debates he he was a mover and a shaker in the Republican Party and I said hey Alan what's going on man what's going on behind the scenes here in this in the political party and I'll never forget what he said to me. And it didn't really resonate and hit home until just in the last three or four months it came home to me. Alan said to me, well, Coach, this is very simple. An evil tree cannot give good fruit. That's in, that is in John 7. And if those of you who have a Bible, you'd want to open it or make a note and write it down, you can check it later. I want to, I want to share this with you because I think it's so critical we see this. Uh, John 7, verse 16. You shall know them by their fruits. This is, these, these words are in red for even those red-letter Christians. You shall know them by their fruit. Do not men gather grapes, thorns, or figs, or thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. And then he, he repeats it, verse 18. A good tree 
cannot bring forth evil fruit, and neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire, wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Ask yourself this very simple question. Is the Republican Party a good tree or a bad tree? Well, it was very simple. I mean, I didn't even have to... See, I didn't fall into that trap, uh, Joe. I didn't fall into that trap that everybody talks about. Oh, well, it's better than the Democrat tree. That's better than... A, well, that isn't even the question. That's not even the question. The Democrat tree is an evil tree. We can see that. But so is the Republican tree. And look what they have done to us in the Republican tree. Come on now. They've taken those of us who carry the name of Christ, and they've changed our name. That's right, brothers. They have changed our name. You go to the app, you turn on Fox News. You turn on CNN. You turn on any of the pundits. You turn on Limbaugh. And you, turn, you turn them on. I don't care who it is. I was, I was reading a post tonight from, from our mutual friend, Greg Steve Dace, talking about conservatives this and conservatives that, and this guy's more conservative and that guy's more conservative. Don't you understand that we have sacrificed, we have, we have traded the name above all name, Christian, for conservative? Mm. We've changed an identity, a Christian, for an ideology. We're no longer Christians, we're conservatives. And isn't it amazing, they're having that CPAC thing going in, on in Washington, D.C., I think it's in Washington, D.C., going on tonight. And what is it? It's conservatives. And you walk into that room, Greg, you've been there, you know brother better than anybody else. You go in there and there's all kinds of conservatives. There's social conservatives and fiscal conservatives and military conservatives and educational conservatives. There are conservatives everywhere you look, different kinds of conservatives. Well, brother, I am not a conservative, I'm a Christian. But see, they make me change my name from Christian to conservative, and what do they do, Greg? They graft me into that evil tree. I become a branch on the tree. I become that evangelical branch on that, that evil Republican tree. How do I know that evil? How do I know that tree is evil? Because there are pro-choice Republicans. In fact, there's a limb, there's a branch right beside that evangelical tree, right on the other side of the trunk. Over here on the left side of the trunk is the conservative Christian branch. And then right over on the other side, the right side of the trunk, there is a log cabin conservative branch. And we're foolish enough to think that we have taken the the original, the original tree, the only good tree, Christ, the root of Christianity, and we have taken that tree and we have stuck it in the closet and we've identified ourselves as conservatives and we've come and we've connected ourselves to this evil tree. And here we sit, brothers, in 2016, we had a re Republican revolution in 2014 and a uh, Republican revolution in 2012 whenever it was, those midterm elections, and we changed the House, and we changed the Congress, and we are so foolish that we have failed to recognize 
Christ's own admonition that that Republican tree is an evil tree, and it cannot bear good fruit. And what are we trying to do, Greg? Joe, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get our guys sitting on top of the tree. We think if we can just get Ted Cruz sitting up at the top of that tree, everything will be okay. Ted Cruz, if he can get up there, if he can be in that catbird seat, well, then that Republican Party, all of a sudden, that will become a godly party. That'll be good because we'll have a godly, godly man sitting up in the, up, up in the treetops. Brothers, that's not what the Word says. The Word says that an evil tree cannot, not won't, cannot bear good fruit. And I see a lot of my Christian brothers, and I love Steve Dace. I didn't mean to pick on him. Uh, Rush Limbaugh, Hannity, you name it. Brothers, they're conservatives. They're not Christians. That's right. And and unfortunately, wanna... those of us who carry the name of Christ, we've substituted it. We've, we've dropped our guard. We've dropped our name, our identity. And we've associated ourselves with an ideology. And as yeah. we begin to... As we begin to unlock this over the next, over the next uh, couple hours, I'm going to show you why, why I think, one of the reasons I think Donald Trump is making, I think there's a message for us about Donald Trump if we will open our eyes and see it. Guys, an evil tree cannot bear good fruit. Hey, we have Jesus' word on that. It's not one of the commandments, but when the, when the Lord speaks a, a principle to you, a truism to you, it's a truism. Why are we wasting so much time and effort and energy trying to make this evil tree produce good fruit? Hey, Greg, you've been at it as long as I have. How how much time and effort have we put in trying to Christianize this Republican Party? Yeah, a lot of time. And, 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 Joe, I did hear you try to chime in. Did you want to say something? Well, yeah, I just wanted to to read from your book, 40 Things to Teach Your Children Before You Die, on chapter 28, the lesser of two evils is still evil. And it's very short, you write this, the world says that we must choose the lesser of two evils when faced with two imperfect choices. But God says that we must never do evil that good may come of it. Romans chapter 3 verse 8. Charles Spurgeon, the most famous theologian of the last 300 years, famously said, when faced with two evils, choose neither. While you may be ridiculed for not going along with the crowd or for not supporting the lesser of two evils, you can sleep soundly and with a clear conscience, knowing that when you stand up with God in opposition to all evil, you are always acting in obedience to Him. Blessed are they who keep His testimonies, who seek Him with their whole heart. Psalm 119, verse 2. So, Joe, we believe lies. We, I'm sorry, Greg. I just, let me yeah. spit this out. We believe yeah, go lies. Ahead, Coach. We we believe lies. See, we ought to we ought to have a Christian party. There ought to be a Christian mm-hmm. party that these other conservatives are begging to become part of. We should not we should not be taking the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, mixing it re- with republicanism, and compromising on the word of God. How long are we going to allow uh, abortion, child sacrifice, to continue in this nation and believe that this evil tree is going to end it? It's not going to end it. The but Jesus said he would build a church, and the gates of hell would not prevail against the church, but the gates of hell will prevail against the Republican Party, brother. I can promise you it will. Why? Because an evil tree cannot bear good fruit. Yeah, and Coach, I want to echo what what you were saying uh, earlier, which is that 
I don't think either of us are saying don't be involved in the political process. Obviously, of course not. Christians, of course, should should be uh, active and and standing for office and electing godly men and women to public office as civil magistrates who fulfill a biblical mandate that's outlined in 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 the uh, in in the Bible, um, most notably in Romans 13, to reward the righteous and punish the wicked. And Christians who are involved in the political process and pastors who talk about involvement in the political process, which uh, we'll get to that later, Coach, because I know that that's, uh, <laughs> that's something that not a lot of pastors, unfortunately, do, which is why we're, we're in this mess in, in large part. But uh, um, uh, the, the, the pastors who are involved in, in teaching uh, about how to be involved uh, politically, unfortunately, Coach, um, believe this lie of the of the separation of church and state, the secular from the sacred. And unfortunately, Romans 13 uh, command Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul commands believers that we are not to submit to, or that, that we should submit to the governing authorities. But that's been manipulated and distorted by the church, especially to mean that we have to put up with, we have to tolerate as Christians, we have to turn the other cheek, and whatever it is that the, those that are in government, the ruling authorities, decide, whether legislatively or by judicial fiat through uh, issuance of court opinions, we just have to turn the other cheek and accept it, because after all, we have to be submissive, and we have to uh, uh, be be uh, uh, to, to surrender to the governing and, and ruling authorities as per Romans chapter 13. But the truth is that Paul was writing his epistle to the church in Rome, probably the, the greatest political treatise ever written, uh, and he was writing to believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. He was telling them that they should obey godly government. It was assumed, it was implied that the governing authorities, those uh, uh, in, in positions of, of authority, were ruling in accordance, in obedience to the scriptures, rewarding the righteous, punishing the wicked. And yet we have it turned around in our country. And I think that this is why the Republican Party has been able to fool so many Christians because Christians have failed for many years to think biblically about our involvement in the political arena. You know, Coach, you just said something that was very, very insightful. You said that we should have a Christian party. Yeah, why don't we have a Christian party? We should we have a Christian. I mean, if we're going to be Christians, we shouldn't act like Christians. We should be Christians. And, that's, and right. neither you nor I are proponents of dominionism or the seven mountain mandate or ushering in the second coming of Jesus by moralizing and instituting Christianity in every realm of society. But our Lord Jesus Christ commanded us to be salt and light, to fight for truth and righteousness, to defend the innocent, to share the gospel. And uh, he didn't tell us to compartmentalize that. Jesus never compartmentalized his faith when speaking with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders of his day and the politicians and the scribes 
nor should we. And I think that that's what you're talking about, Coach. And what's so important is that we have an understanding that when we became Christians and uh, received forgiveness for our sins and eternal life in heaven forever, when we were born again by the Spirit, we were called to live out our Christian faith in every area of our lives and to not hide our lights under a bushel in any area of our lives. And, and is, not, have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of, of darkness. darkness. Amen. Have nothing to do with them, right? The Republican Party is a evil tree where it has me, not... Listen, listen, folks, I'm trying to get us to understand this. We're going to be right here again in four years. We never learn our lesson. We never, ever learn the lesson. It was, it was McCain would save us, then it was Romney would save us, this time it'll be Cruz, it'll be Trump, they'll save us, and we're going to be here four years ago, from now playing the same game over and over if we don't wake up, open our eyes, and understand that the oldest trick in the book has been to divide and conquer, and that there are good, God-fearing, people who are part of that other tree, they're part of that Democrat tree, which is evil, and we think there's evil for being part of the Democrat Party, but we don't realize that we're grafted into something that is just as evil, into a political system, rather than coming out from among them, and being separate, and touching not the unclean thing, and starting a party, or having a representation of godly people, all joining together under godly values, they, we wouldn't be in this mess. Now, here's, here's what came. This is, I, folks, I know this sounds radical. I'm sorry. I just know that I know that I know that what I'm speaking to you is the truth. I, I, ju I just watched last week, all this week, two weeks now, of uh, the attacks on Trump from political leaders. And I understand why. I do understand why. But see, the Bible tells us that some men trust in horses, some men trust in chariots, but we will trust in the name of the Lord. And Christians, for whatever, for whatever reason, we have put our trust in politicians. We're not trusting in the hand of the Lord to move. We're trusting that we can elect Ted Cruz, and then Ted Cruz can get that evil tree to bear good fruit. We have misplaced our loyalties. And so I've been watching all of this coming out. All these people, I'm not voting for Trump. How can you vote for Trump? Hearing it from all these religious leaders. And I watched down in South Carolina when the evangelical vote was totaled up. And 46% and of evangelicals voted for Trump. More of them voted for Trump than for Ted Cruz, the clear evangelical candidate. More of them voted for Donald Trump. Trump. I said, Lord, how can that be? And then I watched all these pastors come out, and they talked about, oh, he's, a, he's an adulterer, and he's been married three times, and he bragged about having sex, and he's ripped off companies, and all this stuff, all these things are coming out, and I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, pastor, wait a minute, where have you been? Where, where have you been speaking out against Obama? That evil tree, that evil man sitting on top of that tree. Hey, where you been, Pastor? Where, where were you, Pastor, back in 2010 when you convinced us to vote for a Mormon? You, yeah, Mormons aren't Christians. Oh, he's a moral guy. Oh, he's conservative, I suppose. 
But you didn't have any problem convincing Christians to lock arms with, oh boy, to lock arms with those who are of a different tree. You didn't have any trouble telling that. But now you're, all of a sudden you're telling us here that Donald Trump uh, lost non-born-again Presbyterian. He claims to be a Christian. You're telling us he's not worthy of our vote, but Mitt Romney was? Barack Obama was? That, that this man who's lost and is loyal to himself only because he's never had his eyes enlightened, claiming to be a Presbyterian, he is less worthy of our vote than Mitt Romney, who wears secret underwear and believes that Lucifer and Jesus were, were brothers, believe that we're going to have our own planet? Are you kidding me? And see, what's happened to us, again, rather than trusting in the truth of the gospel, that Jesus Christ is the King of kings. By the way, that must tell us there's other kings. If he's the King of kings, there must be other ones. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And rather than Jesus and his body rising up and fighting against these forces of darkness, we stick Jesus in our back pocket, become conservatives, and vote for unchristian leadership. Well, hey, an evil tree cannot give good fruit. So you say, uh, uh, right now you say, oh my goodness, I can hear your head spinning. Oh, coach, whoa, wait a minute, wait, coach. What do we do here? We can't get Hillary. We can't get Hillary. That's, boy, that's been the, has that been the battle cry for 15 years? Oh, we can't have that other guy. We can't have that other guy. When the Lord himself is trying to get us to see that his body, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 says, uh, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. This is not about dominionism, but this is about God's children, his body, being the seat of government. His authority being the seat of government. But we've yielded that authority. Pastors have pulled back. They, they haven't taken the authority. They said politics is dirty business. And every once in a while they pop their head up like a groundhog on February 2nd, look out, and they vote Republican, and then they go back underground. And in South Carolina, we saw the results of it. They popped their heads up, said, hey, oh my goodness, everybody, vote for Ted Cruz. And the people said, ha, where have you been? Religion, politics are separate. Don't tell me who I'm supposed to vote for. And so the problem, brothers, it ain't Donald Trump. The problem's us. The problem's Christians. We're the problem. But I got a hopeful message for you as, as the program continues to unfold. Coach, well said. Um, very well said. You know, I, I, I do want to reiterate that... The goal here of this program in the next few hours should be, or hopefully will be, to help illuminate and, and, and open people's eyes 
to what you and I have experienced in our own lives, Coach, and, and, and what the Holy Spirit has impressed upon us so that people will be freed of, I don't know, being being inside the matrix and to understand that there is hope. out Because I run into a lot of people, Coach. I mean, look, I've received the most vicious emails from friends and people because that, that I know that I'm not on the 10 Ted Cruz. I'm not a supporter of Ted Cruz. Number one, I don't think he's eligible to be president. And number two, you know, there's a lot of things that concern me. Uh, many of those things have been discussed on this show with regards to his affiliations with Goldman Sachs and uh, taking a he's million dollar loan. He's conservative, Greg. Yep. He's conservative. But he's conservative. Well, yeah, that's what we were told. And yet, if he were conservative, if he were truly conservative, uh, at least from the classical definition of conservatism uh, in terms of being 100% pro-life and pro-marriage and I mean look we could go we could go all the way down the uh, the list on Ted Cruz um, nominating an open homosexual to the bench to the federal bench in Texas uh, we could talk about the fact that he's still and you've been privy to some of these emails he still would not uh, promise and pledge like Tom Hofling, who's running for the Constitution Party, America's Party, has been on the Hagman Show. He's a he's a, a friend of ours, a very honorable man. He, unlike Huckabee and and uh, and and Hofling, has never pledged that if he was elected president, that he would enforce the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments to the United States Constitution and end the abortion holocaust in America. I mean, how could we have any serious coach conversation at any debate or any venue? when discussing who's going to be the President of the United States without even broaching the topic of the fact that 60 million babies have died in the United States of America with the full consent and funding of the federal government. How can it's we simple, have any... Greg. Go, go ahead. Greg, it's simple. An evil tree cannot, cannot produce good fruit. Wake Trivia up, question, church, Coach. Wake up, people. An evil tree cannot produce good fruit. And it's not a comparison of the lesser of two evils. That's not what it's even all about. People are voting for Ted Cruz because he's conservative. He's conservative. What does that mean? Trump's conservative. Homo's a Boehner is conservative. Ryan's conservative. My mom claimed that she's... My mom the other day claimed she was conservative, Coach. Pardon me? My mom, who voted for Obama, claimed a couple weeks ago when I talked to her on the phone she was conservative. <laughs> Everybody's conservative. Everybody's conservative. Brother, I'm not conservative. I'm Christian. Yeah. I'm a Christian man. I'm going to run up that Christian flag and try to get those rally those to come with me. Let's lift up Jesus. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. Not Reince Priebus. Not, not Donald Trump. Not Ted Cruz or Mark Rubio or John Kasich. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us? But see, Greg, we're stuck, aren't we? Because we're, we're, we're six, seven, eight, seven months away from a decision ha having to be made here. Six or seven months. Hey, brothers, listen. Joe, I know you know this, and I know that the listeners of the Hagman and Hagman Report know this. America's a captured nation. This isn't a Christian nation. This is a captured nation that we're living in right now. And we better begin to take a good perspective. You may think it's Christian. My, my aunt may think it's Christian. My sister might think it's Christian. 
my pastor and everybody in my church may think it's Christian brothers. This is not a Christian nation anymore. This is not a Christian nation. And the sooner we come to that realization that it is not a Christian nation, I believe our plan of attack will change. Amen, Coach. I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, what if this was established as a Christian nation? Uh, or regardless, the morale, the morals of the people who were here, who founded this country, who continued the growth of this country, uh, up until the, you know, introducing of the, you know, TV, radio, uh, and, and the outside voices started to come in. We saw the uh, subversion of morals. And as the morality continued to degenerate here in this country, so did the rights of the people or the supposed rights. And it goes hand in hand, you know, as the last, if any, morals are left. They told us there was a separation between the church and state, right? They they removed Christ from all of politics. And we allowed him to be, be removed from all of politics. And we see what's going on, and we see the problems, and we understand that the problems in America, they're not political, they're moral. And the only one that can change these moral problems is, is Christ, is the only hope, the only answer. And who are we trusting in? We're trusting in Republicans, as if they can do it. Jesus said that he would build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against his church, which tells me it's a victorious church. It's going to conquer hell. It's going to conquer hell. But the Republican Party cannot conquer hell. They're not ordained to do that. They're a bad tree. We have... We have taken the power of the gospel of Jesus, of his body of Christ, and we have, we have taken that power, and we have done nothing more than grafting it in to the evil Republican tree, the moral majority, and Jerry Falwell, and all of that, all of that. And here we are, 44 years later, still killing babies. Hoping that Ted Cruz will get in there and maybe change it for us. God help us. You know, we're going to get into it in the second hour. I know we're heading to a break, Joe. Uh, Yeah. Because I want to hear, I'd love for you to share, uh, Coach, your interpretation and take on the appeal of Donald Trump. Because I think it's very interesting, and I think there's a bigger spiritual component to all of this in in the second hour. But I want to make it clear that neither you nor I, Coach, are trying to uh, describe a problem without providing a solution, and I That's think right, that there. I'm going to vote. I'm going to. I'm going to vote. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to vote for a Republican. I am. But that's <laughs> not the solution to our problem. <laughs> no, but there is a solution, and I think the thing from my heart, Coach, is that, and the reason that I, I look forward to doing this program tonight is because I think there's a lot of people that are that are scared and they lose track of the bigger picture. Maybe they watch the news, they're listening to Hannity and Fox, and they get ensconced in this right-left paradigm and the, and the war that's taking place, and they miss out on the bigger picture. And, and I hope that tonight's show frees people and enables them to, to see the bigger picture, because even though, yes, we should be involved in, in, in voting and elections, so on and so forth, we've got to recognize the lateness of the hour in this country. And what, Amen, Greg. With that, so we're at the we'll top of the hour break. Hour two. Yep, right when we come back, folks, CoachDave.tv, GregJackson.com, Greg with two Gs, G-R-E-G-G. We'll be right back with both Greg and Coach Dave right after this. Stay with us. 
This is the Global Star Radio Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are here live with Greg Jackson from gregjackson.com and coachdaveptsalt.com, as well as coachdave.tv. Check um, coachdave.tv out, as he has been uh, doing our, uh, for about a month now, our shows. Um, it's like a, a group dynamic where you have... Um, I think it's a Google Hangouts and, and on YouTube where you can interact with Coach and also uh, be a part of it. Before we get back to them, I just want to give a shout-out to American Survival Wholesale, our sponsors in this radio endeavor. Uh, they are uh, tremendous. With, in, you know, If you're looking for survival food, if you're looking for preparedness products, uh, food, whether it be food or you know water filtration systems, seeds, GMO-free, um, these people are the best in the business. Not only that, they are Christian. They will work with you. They will work to help you. And, you know, even if you have a, a very short budget or a small budget, call them. They will do what they can to make sure you have something that you can uh, have in case of emergencies. And it doesn't have to be a end-of-the-world emergency in, in order to prepare. We see time after time again, you know, a snowstorm rolls in to a place that doesn't get snow or hurricane comes powers out for a week here uh, travels you know shut down for a week there and people can't get to the stores or the stores are cleaned out you need to be prepared for times like this so go to americanstravelwholesale.com and check out some of their specials they will also be at the hear the watchman conference coming up march 18th through the 20th in dallas where i will be with my father as well as coach dave and Greg Jackson, and we want to give a shout out to them. Um, if you can't go to the conference physically, there is a live stream option on the website at hearthewatchman.com. Again, that's hearthewatchman.com. I'm going to bring us back now, and I'm going to turn it over to you, Coach Dave, um, and let you start off the second hour. Greg, well, maybe you can uh, uh, yeah. just tell everybody what's available with the streaming and everything there at Hear the Watchman. Yeah, I wanted to, uh, before we get into uh, the second hour, just give people the heads up that uh, I, I spoke with Mike from here, the Watchman, Mike and Jeannie, wonderful people, have worked so hard to put this conference on. I'm sure many of you listening to us right now have already uh, purchased your tickets, looking forward to seeing you. It is going to be a family reunion. Joe, uh, can't wait to meet you in person. Coach, it's been, I mean, I can't believe it's the first time that we're going to able to do a man hug and uh, I can't wait. And um, please don't make me, me drop down and do push-ups, okay, when you see me, Coach? Amen. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, and, and, Doug, I know you're listening. I can't wait to see you. It's going to be amazing. Uh, please, if you, if, 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 don't hesitate. This, uh, here the Watchman Conference in Dallas, which, by the way, is going to be on March 18th to the, to the uh, 20th, uh, Friday to mm -hmm. Sunday is right at the Dallas, Fort Worth, Hilton. Very convenient, very easy to get to. And 
Uh, Mike and Jeannie are, are, have been kind enough, even though the price went up from $99 to $149, have a special going on right now. And if you go to hearthewatchman.com, you can purchase your ticket. And if you enter Hagmen into, I think, Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's Hagmen um, into the, uh, uh, the, 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 the special uh, box, you will be able to take advantage of that $99 price. Hopefully I didn't, didn't mess that up. But, uh, folks, this is going to be, if you are looking for real Bible teaching, uh, real fellowship, if you're hungering and thirsting for more than maybe you're getting from, from the church that you're going to, you want to be other people from the, around other people from the Hagman and Hagman family who think like you, kindred spirits, who will enjoy wonderful fellowship and hear from a multitude of amazing speakers, which I can't wait to hear from, from Paul McGuire to Coach to Pastor Flip Benham, uh, uh, John Robertson, the Hollywood Insider. Pardon me? I said Russ Dizdar. Russ Dizdar, L.A. Marzulli. Josh Tully. Yeah, Josh Tully, J.B. Wells. Paul McGuire. Paul McGuire. I don't know if, who, who I'm missing, if, if I'm missing other people. I'm not looking at the, at the site. But and Greg, I want to say this. Yeah, well, I had the uh, opportunity in Montana uh, to meet Coach Dave in, in 2014 at the uh, Whitestone uh, Remnant Conference and, and see him speak. And the intensity that he uh, spoke with, um, he's obviously a coach at heart because he's running up and down the aisles and you know back and forth and getting everybody riled up. And, and um, that same intensity I hear in his voice tonight. Yeah, exactly yeah, right. Better. Uh, Amen. Listen, some good news out there. Greg, I'm not sure if you're done. I just, this just hit me. Brothers, listen, we, we need to be encouraged. We need to be encouraged. Did you Amen. know that today that the Alabama Supreme Court told the federal government to go pound sand? The, you, the Supreme Court of the state of Alabama ruled today no homo marriage in Alabama. We have got ourselves a battle brewing, brothers. This is happening in, in, uh, in uh, Tennessee. It's happening in Oklahoma. It's happening in Kansas. It's happening in North Carolina. The people are finally beginning to rise up and understand that courts don't make law cannot make law, and that God has given us the opportunity if we will use the proper vehicles and stop counting on judges and stop counting on elected officials, if the body of Christ will rise up and demand the truth, many of these problems can still be alleviated. I believe it. This is a huge, huge issue down in Alabama. They ruled, go pound sand. Now, that wasn't what was in the order, but courts can't. (laughs) Courts can't tell the state of, of uh, California, I'm sorry, of Alabama, what their marriage laws are. Now, hey, l- let, me, let me do this real quick. This is, this is, this is critical. This is critical. Uh, marijuana. When I, was, when I was growing up, my brother smoked a lot of pot back in his days at Ohio University, he told me. And he said when he started smoking pot at Ohio University in 1967, possession of a marijuana cigarette was 30 years in jail. That's amazing to think, isn't it? Possession was 30 years in jail. It's a federal crime today in America to have possession of marijuana, unless you're in Colorado. Right, Greg? Or Washington, D.C. That's right. Yeah. See, it's it's not a federal crime. Why is that? Because the state of Colorado said to the federal government, 
What we do in our state ain't, ain't none of your business. It ain't none of your business. That's called nullification. You understand that? That's called states' rights. And we just saw that in the state of, of uh, Missouri, they're introducing a bill that says, listen, federal gun laws don't apply here in Missouri. We'll make our own decision on guns. See, guys, listen, the idea that the courts can mandate to the states, that is a lie from the pit of hell. And all across America, people are beginning to wake up. So in the midst of all of this, all of this disarray and all of this confusion, there are, there are beacons of light everywhere, and that's what keeps me encouraged that God is, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not thinking, I don't think he's ready to blow the whistle yet, you know? I just don't think he's ready to blow the whistle yet. Although we deserve it, I, I, still, I still have great hope in my heart. That's what gets me up every day. I've got three grandchildren that motivates me every day to fight now for them, for their future. That's what, that's what this whole thing is all about. If the Lord calls me home tomorrow, I'll go home. I'll go home happy. But if he doesn't, I'm going to sit here and do all I can to make sure that for my kids and my grandkids and Greg Jackson's kids, that, they, that I do everything I can to pass unto them the blessings of liberty that were given to me. And it's the body of Christ that must rise and make this happen. Hey, brothers, not the Republican Party. Great things Amen. are going on out all across the fruited plain. You know, and, and the other thing about that is the Bible tells us to, to, to love your neighbor as yourself. So as Christians, we're commanded to love one another, to love our neighbor as ourselves. And if we really, if we really care and love our neighbors, then we will look out for our neighbors. And, and if we really love our neighbors, ultimately the most important thing that we can share with our neighbors is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, do you guys agree? That is the most important truth that we could ever share with anybody, because it doesn't matter how much money you have and you know, uh, you know how much money you're gonna or food you're gonna give to the poor. If you don't give them the gospel, they're just gonna go to hell, more well fed and more clothed, fully clothed. But without the gospel, brother, that's that's, that's exactly right, exactly right. Hey, great. Can can so, I can I turn back towards this politics thing here just a second? Well, yeah, I, yeah. I, well, I think, well, uh, well, coach, hold that before I for, hold, hold that before I forget. I'm gonna make this really quick point before you go into Trump because this is important which is that the reason that we do all of the things that you just described, Coach, is because it shows the world. See, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. We don't know when the trumpet blast will sound, when Jesus will appear from, like lightning from the east to the west, but here's what, here's what we do know. We know that he commanded us to go to all four corners of the earth to share the gospel, to be part of the Great Commission, and that is what our mission is here on earth, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, because the Bible says that God would want, wants no man to perish. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. We choose to go to hell by rejecting the free gift of salvation that only God offers through His Son, Jesus Christ, who died for all the sins of the world 2,000 years ago, and that when we apply His blood and receive Him as Lord and Savior and repent of our sins, we are washed clean. Our sins that were once as red as scarlet become white as snow. And this has to do a little bit with Hear the Watchman, too, because Hear the Watchman is going to be a great time of restoration for people. And I don't care what your sin is. 
I don't care what you're involved in. Before I became a born-again Christian in 2001, I had a lot of them. And I'm not going to list them all. They're too numerous to, to list, but I can, I can guarantee you this. Jesus is the answer to all that ails you. When you surrender to him, you receive him as your Lord and Savior of your life, he will change your life in ways that you could never imagine. Here the watchman is going to be a place. And by the way, you're going to be able to watch it on, on video. For those of you who can't make it, go to hearthewatchman.com. I think it's like $29. And I'm hoping that hundreds of thousands of people around the country will watch us and join us and be part of it because people are going to be set free. And you even watching Hear the Watchman from your homes, I pray that you would be set free because listen, folks, this is the most important part about the whole night. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. If you don't know with 100% certainty that if you died, God forbid, in your sleep, that you would wake up in the loving arms of Jesus, then today is the day that you just... It's no coincidence that you're hearing my voice. Today is the day that you repent of your sins and you call in the name of the Lord Jesus and you ask Him to come into your heart and come into your life to be your Lord and Savior and to be saved. Do not wait another moment. Today is the day of salvation. I bring that up, Coach, because how we treat the least of us loving our neighbor as ourselves, doing the things that you talked about, standing up for truth and righteousness, standing up against tyrannical government and unconstitutional court opinions. Though That's how the world sees that our God is a real God and that our faith is real. That's what Coach and I are talking about tonight, that our God, the one true God of the universe, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose son is Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, is the one true God. That's how they will know. And you know what? The state of the church right now, most of the unbelieving world doesn't have a clue the God we worship. Why? Because, for the most part, we're ashamed of the gospel. We're ashamed to live out our faith. We're ashamed to use the name of Jesus in the public arena. We're afraid to say, thus saith the Lord. The reason that homosexual marriage is... is is uh, is illegal is because God defined marriage. It's defined as one man and one woman. And no court or majority of voters or legislators can redefine what God himself has defined. Coach, if you had the 400,000 evangelical Christian pastors in America take their congregations and and go to every single Planned Parenthood abortuary or every governor's mansion in their state that they live, you're going to tell and, and demand that the governor padlock those abortuaries because nobody has the right to murder an innocent baby, no matter what uh, uh, age of their development, no matter what stage of their development. And can you imagine if the church stopped feeding at the trough of the Republican Party sitting underneath like a bunch of dogs, uh, begging them to just, you know well, can you at least make them sign a permission slip before they, you know, or can you just have a waiting period before the, you know, the, the abortionist kills the baby? No. It's when we get angry with a righteous indignation as Christians and stand up for what is true and right and demand and encourage our pastors. Can you guys imagine what this country would look like if even... 
10% of the pastors in this country took their congregants and they marched to the state houses and they went to the governor's mansion and they demanded and they had a sit-in and they demanded that their governor enforce the God-given right to life for all innocent human persons in their state and demanded that their state cease from issuing marriage licenses to same-sex couples. You want to see change? That would be change. We see, we get the government we deserve. Ted Cruz, Donald Trump. Donald Trump couldn't be a more accurate depiction of much of the American church in America. And same with Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz is just the Joel Osteen of the Republican Party. Too nice, too buttoned up, too polished. You know, he doesn't want to offend anybody. Got to respect what the court says. Got to respect the process. And then on the other side, you have Donald Trump. In many ways, materialistic. And there's a lot that I love about Donald Trump too, Coach. So don't get me don't get me wrong. But but arrogant, fleshly, prideful, boastful, and that describes much of the church in America. But I think what you and I are saying tonight, Coach, and then you can take the rest of the hour. And I'm sorry that I filibustered here, but I think what what we're saying here is that, folks, you are the answer. If you are a Christian man, you, you have been saved by the blood of the Lamb. You are called to rule and reign. You are going to judge angels. And you are called to be a warrior. You are called when, to, to, to have that right, righteous indignation. You are called to fight for what is right. And if, you, and if the politicians aren't doing it, it's up to us as the body of Jesus Christ to do it. And that's what I'm hoping we're lighting a fire because there's a lot, and we can discuss it tonight, that we can do as Christians outside of the political arena to change the way this country looks. And if for no other reason, if for no other reason, at least we provide a real testimony and witness of who our Jesus is. Who our God is, how awesome He is. That's when we. That's when the church stops playing church and just becomes the church, the body of Christ that He's called us to be. I'm going to give it over to you, Coach. Amen, Greg. Amen. Uh, folks, I like to. Uh, I like to go to the Word. I like to uh, support everything, and I'm going to try to share with you tonight in the Word. There's great deception. Remember, we go back to that uh, that scene where encompassed the Bible so great a cloud of witnesses, and there's a natural, uh, there's a spiritual world around us. We're encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. We're surrounded by it right now, and one of the greatest weapons of the enemy is deception. And I've never seen greater deception than what's going on in, in America right now. Confusion, confusion is everywhere. And we have to realize that part of this confusion is the judgment of God upon America. Stay with me a second now. Because I got my Bible open to Second Thessalonians. And Second Thessalonians chapter 2, first, where am I here? Verse 7 says this, For the mystery of iniquity is already at work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the workings of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, and then the perish, listen, 
because they received not the love of the truth, that they might be saved, verse 11, and for this cause, what cause? Because they didn't receive the love of the truth, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. We're in an unbelievable situation here in the great old U.S. of A. I wrote a commentary about a month ago, and I tried to tell people that we better be very, very careful. Number one, we got two guys, we got two Cubans running for president of the United States. I want you to think about that right there. That in this great land in which we live, we have a president right now who's an alien, and two of the three guys still left running for president of the United States are aliens. Rubio has two non-citizen parents, two of them. Cruz has certainly one, and there's even maybe some, some uh, confusion about the other one. And both of these guys want to be president of the United States. And what about this, folks? What if Ted Cruz gets rammed through and somehow comes out and he's a, he and Rubio are the, are the uh, selected candidates of the Republican Party? And some lawyer somewhere in Massachusetts brings a lawsuit against Ted Cruz and against Marco Rubio that they're not natural-born citizens. We have people right now that are shrugging that off, saying, oh, that's no big deal. No, this Board of Elections, they've determined it. No, it's no big deal. Hey, stay, stay with me now. Somebody files a lawsuit in some place in Massachusetts saying that these guys do not meet the natural-born citizen uh, requirement. And some liberal... God-hating judge somewhere in some federal district there in Massachusetts says, yeah, by golly, I agree. These guys are not eligible to be president of the United States. And this happens in August or wherever, and all of a sudden, this whole political process is thrown in turmoil. And all of a sudden, we have to go to a Supreme Court, of which we just lost Scalia. Maybe a 4-4 Supreme Court. Maybe a, we don't even know. We don't even know. And it goes to the Supreme Court. And at the last minute, the Supreme Court of the United States says, yep, sorry, they're not natural-born citizens. And here it is, August or September, and we're still, the Republican Party is left there holding the bag without any eligible candidate at all. Huh. All that Ted Cruz and all that Mark Rubio, all that stuff goes out the window at that point. And they gave Donald Trump a hard time because Donald Trump said, let's just get a, get a judge right now. Get a judge to rule so that we know. And they haven't, and they haven't. And look, folks, we were sitting there five years ago. We never dreamed that they would tell a man he could marry a man. That never, we thought that would never happen in the United States of America. And what would happen to us if the two candidates that were on the Republican ticket were all of a sudden ruled ineligible by the Supreme Court? Or how about this? The federal judge rules them ineligible, and it goes to the Supreme Court, and the vote is four to four. And the lower court decision holds. And neither one of those guys can be president of the United States. That's a real possibility in my mind. That's a real possibility. 
But I was watching last night, and this is one of the, again, at CoachDave.tv. I, I did a program on this this morning, folks. I'm telling you, go watch it. The February, I'm sorry, the March 4th program. You know, I hear from people, they say, Coach, I don't like it when you yell. I'm sorry. This is, this is me. This is, this is who I am. I'm a coach. And turn the volume down if you don't like it. I, I, was, I was watching the debate last night. And I said, Lord, what is it? What is it about Donald Trump? No matter what they say about him, his, his ratings go higher. No matter what they point out about him, no matter what kind of womanizer they call him, no matter how much they say he cheated with Trump University, no matter what they say, it goes up and it goes up and it goes up. I said, Lord, what is it? What is it? My eyes were open, and I don't know if it was from the Lord or not, but my eyes were open. You know what it is? You know what it is, folks? People love Donald Trump because he's a man. He's a man. We don't see that in America much anymore. And I was watching a comparison between Donald Trump. I saw a little video clip the other night of one of the debates when Donald Trump was taking on Jebby Bush. And I'm watching what's going on. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing the appeal to America. Here's this Harvard or Yale, wherever Jebby Bush went to school, this prim and proper, sissified, well-mannered man getting taken apart by this, this man, this this vulgar man, this aggressive, in-your-face man, and watching Jeb crumble. And every time Trump took somebody on, I would sit in my house and I would cringe a little bit. I'd say, ooh, we'd say that. And I, oh, but you know what it was, folks? It was that we were being attracted to Trump because Donald Trump is what men used to be. Now, wait a minute. He's not a righteous man. I want everybody to understand that. Remember, we're talking about unrighteous trees and unrighteous fruit. Donald Trump is not a godly man. I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying that he is. But people are being drawn to him because of the masculinity that they see coming out of him. Now, you think about America. You, I was watching that debate the other night. And all the dirty tricks they pulled on Donald Trump. He's standing on that stage. And all the candidates are against him. All the people from Fox News are against him. The audience is against him. And this man stands up there and he's taking it all. And he's dishing it out and he's taking it all. It was Trump against the world. And people are looking at that and they're saying, my goodness, you know what I see? You know what I see? I see some stones that guy's got some stones. We don't see it anymore. We don't see it anymore. We, we go to our churches. And we walk into our churches, and what do we see? We see Jebby Bushes. We see effeminate, passive, go-along men in our pulpits. Men who don't want any controversy. Men who don't want anybody to have anybody question anything that they do. Men who won't take on tough issues. And we began to realize that in a, in a strange sort of way, our pastors are politicians. 
Jeb Bush and Joel Osteen are kind of the same. They're go-along-to-get-along guys. And then I watched Chris Wallace. Wouldn't you love to do some opposition research on Chris Wallace, digging his past, find out some of the things he's done? Wouldn't you love to do some opposition research on Megyn Kelly and see some of the things that she's done? Now watch this assault come at Donald Trump, and the scripture says in Second Timothy, endure hardships. And there he stood. Everything they said to him, he stood. I said, oh my goodness, Lord. We're being drawn to that masculinity. He's not righteous. Please don't hear what I'm not saying. He's not a righteous man. But can you imagine Donald Trump standing on a stage with Hillary, who ought to be in jail, but if she's not in jail, can you imagine Donald Trump crushing that feminist spirit right before our very eyes? Can you imagine him taking that thing on? That God might be crying out to America to say, rise up, men! Rise up, men! Be men. Fight. Push back. That's a Lord, but he's not righteous. He's not righteous. But Joe, I didn't used to be. And if I was 23 years old and my dad left me a million dollars at 23 years old, I can't tell you how unrighteous I might be at this very minute. Donald Trump is an unredeemed man. But what? Scripture tells us that the heart of the king is as water in the hand of the Lord. He turns it wherever he will. And what if Donald Trump was elected to president of the United States? And he had a Holy Spirit visitation in the White House. What if Donald Trump became President of the United States and godly men came alongside him? What if a godly man got him in a room and showed him the the abortion video, Harder Truth, and he really saw what was going on? And he had a real heart transformation. See, Donald Trump has one thing that most of the men standing in the political realm do not have. He has some gonads. Mm. And I believe that when Donald Trump sets his teeth into something, he is a bulldog and he doesn't let it go. I said to somebody yesterday, which is more likely, Donald Trump being saved or Jeb Bush becoming manly both of them would be a miracle wouldn't they both of them would be a miracle (laughs) but we have lost all confidence in the Lord that he might be able to move upon a man's heart and I'm going to tell you something fellas There's a reason why Donald Trump is being attacked from both sides. Wait a minute, more than both sides. 
He's being attacked from both sides and from the media and from those who should be on his team and those who shouldn't be on his team. He is being attacked and assaulted from every possible direction. Why would that be? Why would that man be so hated? Then I checked in the Bible and I found this out. That God often used unrighteous men to do his will. What if Donald Trump, because we know he's courageous, we know he's a man, he is speaking right now what men don't have the courage to speak. He is speaking it, and he's speaking it in an unrighteous way, but he is speaking it nonetheless, unflinching, moving forward. Boy, where are the Christian Donald Trumps? Is that an example? Think about this. John the Baptist, it tells us in Matthew 11, of all the men ever born unto a woman, none was greater than John the Baptist. I said to somebody today, John, Donald Trump is the secular John the Baptist. He's the secular John the Baptist. He's crying. He's, he's wailing. He's raising Cain against the forces that, that we are. Guys, we are a captured country. America is captured. Our enemies have captured this land. Did you see what Newt Gingrich said today? The video clip about knocked me out of my chair. When Newt Gingrich said that the, the, the elite hate him because he did not take an oath to their secret societies. That's what uh, uh, Newt Gingrich said. Donald Trump refused to take an oath to their secret societies. Donald Trump is running headlong into the forces of darkness, an unregenerated, unsaved man running headlong into the forces of darkness. Hmm, brothers, I'm not sure he's not put there by God. See, that, that flies in the face of everything all my evangelical brothers will say. All of this stuff that they'll say, oh, he's been married three times, and he's done, he's donated to pro-abortion candidates, and he's given all of his money to, he was a businessman. His God was money and making money and ego and all of that stuff. And when he, when he put his hat into the ring to run for president of the United States for the first time in his life, he was forced to take some positions, the first time ever. And I believe that in a lot of ways, morally, spiritually, Donald Trump is an empty suit. He has no real, clear ideology. But I also believe this, that if we were to surround Donald Trump with godly... He just, he just said Jeff Sessions was going to be, a, be a, a... What is the NSA? Whatever. Jeff Sessions was going to be his advisor in that area. What if he began to put around him an unbelievably godly anointed team? When I was a football coach, I was only as good as the coaches. And I became a very successful football coach because I hired good assistant coaches. And I let them coach. 
And what if Donald Trump were to surround himself? What if God has sent this uncircumcised Philistine full of full of vigor and valor and manhood? What if God has sent us this man that can be influenced? by godly people surrounding him. We know he is not owned by the Illuminati. We know he's not owned by the Masons. We know he's not part of those secret societies. Uh, Newt Gingrich told us that today. Can Ted Cruz make that claim? Do we know where Ted Cruz's influences are coming from? Can Rubio make that claim? Can Mitt Romney... You mean to tell me Mitt Romney's not controlled by the Mormon hierarchy? Are you kidding me? So all this election season, as a Christian man, I should be rejecting Donald Trump because he does not hold my values. But when I realized it's an evil tree, it's an evil tree. It doesn't matter in the political realm if he's in that tree. He's part of that. He blends in well with that tree. Remember what I read in the scripture? Every evil tree will be hewn down. What if God's getting ready to clear the deck? We know there's judgment coming to America. We know judgment is coming to America financial judgment we know that it's coming what if Donald Trump is here what if he is God's man at this time and this place to tear that evil tree down so I would say to all of you out there Joe and Greg and all my friends out there who listen can't believe that I'm saying this about Donald Trump I said, Lord, there's something going on here. There's something going on here. And I believe that whatever it is, you can make good out of it. And so I want to ask all of you that are who are on the fence and hang it. We're fighting over Trump. We're fighting over Rubio. We're fighting over they're manipulating us. The media is manipulating us. We see that the Republican establishment doesn't want Trump. The Democrats don't want Trump. Nobody wants Trump. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Just pray that the Lord would give us spirit eyes, that we would be able to see if, in fact, God's doing something in our midst in a way that we never expected him to do it. Amen, Coach. Wow, well said. You know, and it, it occurred to me when we, you and I were talking today about Trump and the fact that I think, from my perspective, God is showing us something else. He's showing us the state of the church, and he's using Trump, I believe, to do it in many ways. Amen. In other words, as you, as you just noted, here's a man's man in many ways. For, even for a billionaire that's often identified as being maybe a, an elite or a snob or whatever you want to you know, characterize Trump as, when you listen to him, when you see his mannerisms, his, his gesticulations, the way he can, holds himself, 
kind of reminds me of my old man when I was growing up. Mm. And my dad, all he had to do was look at me a certain way. And I would sometimes I'd pee my pants. I'd be so scared, to be honest with you, because my dad instilled the fear of God in me. And by the way, my dad wasn't saved at the time when I was growing up. I didn't grow up in a in a Christian home. and uh, But I do remember that my dad instilled in me a fear of God. And I'm thankful to him for that. And I think that when, when most people, when people see a guy like Donald Trump, you know what they think, Coach? Like, like you said, I think most men, in their heart of hearts, you know, these guys that, you know, I think 93% of the top-rated television shows are all sports-related events. So we have a nation full of men that are addicted to sports and probably pornography as well. And, but in their heart of hearts, Coach, I think that they look at Donald Trump on TV and they say to themselves, man, I wish I had that guy's stones. Mm, and the amen. women, and the women who are watching, the women who are watching, I think are largely thinking, and by the way, it's not just white males that support Donald Trump. You know, our, our mutual friend, Pastor D uh, James David Manning, is a pastor and, uh, that we're both on his radio show every week out in, in, in Harlem, New York, supports him in the heart of Harlem, New York. Uh, and you have, if you look at the polls, you have many women who support Donald Trump. Now, what is it that's so appealing to women? What I believe is that a lot of these women in their heart of hearts is thinking when they see Donald Trump, is thinking, that's the type of man that I want to have as the head of the household, somebody that takes charge, somebody that doesn't act like a wussified, uh, you know, Male that's portrayed on a lot of these uh, TV shows these days. With somebody that's going to protect me. Somebody who's going to protect me, defend me. Somebody who's going to be valorous. Somebody Something who is going to. Like a man would do. Like some some like a man would do. Let me let me give you a story, Coach. Uh, one of the kids at my dad's uh, my dad at my son's school. My son's ten. He goes to a Christian school, but you know, just because he goes to a Christian school doesn't mean the kids won't be kids. Well, one of these kids yesterday told him to look up this website and on this website I'm not going to mention it there was a, an evil face and this like piercing sound it's just very evil and he, he did it to pull a prank on my son so my son asked me last night dad what should I do because he was really he was terrified and he couldn't he couldn't sleep and it really it really uh, ruffled his feathers and he was crying last night and I said, well, what do you think you should do? And he said, well, I'd like to, he sits right across from me, I'd like to kick him underneath the table right in the groin. <laughs> That's what my 10-year-old said. And I, you know, I said, well, I'll be honest with you. He said, should I tell the teacher? And I said, nah, I don't think you should tell the teacher. I said, what I think you should do is at recess, I think you should walk up to him. And when he asks you, how do you like that website? You punch him as hard as you can in his shoulder so that he can't lift that arm up above his head. And you just tell him, I'm, I'm, I, 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 you should never have told me to view that website. Shame on you. And, you and, 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 and that used to be the way, Coach. When I was bullied in school, my dad didn't tell me to rat the kid out. He told me to go and to challenge him to a fight in the schoolyard. And I did. First day of seventh grade, I took on Keith Krukar, who was a ninth grader who was picking on me. And the first day of school in seventh grade, I got in a fight with Keith Krukar and I got suspended from school. God's honest truth. Why? Because my dad told me 
don't worry if you ever get in trouble at school. You, you don't take any guff from anybody in this family. You stand up for what's right. You protect women. You open doors for women. You stand up for people who, who can't stand up for themselves, who are being bullied. And I think that that's the type of father probably in a lot of, or that's the type of person that when they see Donald Trump, women say, wow, that's a man's man. I could be wrong, and we're going to find out, because I think we're going to take some calls, Joe, in the last hour. Well, Greg, Greg, think listener. about this as well. Think yeah. about Donald Trump, and they say that he's rude to women. Think what type of women he is rude to. He's rude to Jezebel. Mm. He's rude to Rosie O'Donnell. Mm. He's rude to Megan Kelly, who tries to exert her authority over him. He crushes that spirit of feminism that has so sissified American males. If again, if we look at this thing in from a spiritual standpoint, not a political one, what is going on? What is happening? What is the Lord trying to show us is before us? And men, no, think about the average pastor that a guy goes to church with. The average, the average man standing in the pulpit mm. is Joel Osteen or Andy Stanley or nicer than God with the Stanley or Benny Hinn they're they're she men they're the not girls. Donald Trump men they're not righteous John the Baptist men and as a result of it when we see Donald listen when Rubio and Trump were going at it the other night on the stage a hundred years ago one of them would have got sucker punched it was Absolutely. a different time, but a man would not have stood there and taken that assault from another man. That's part of the effeminization that's going on. Now, I'm not saying they should have had big-time wrestling at the debate. Please, Please don't do. mishear what I'm saying. But the reality of it is a man would have stood up and held his ground and demanded respect. And instead... We've got all these prim and proper, Harvard, Yale, Brown, Columbia, all the lawyers are that, all the media is that, all the, all the guys running for office are that. They're all this prim and proper, oh my goodness. And Trump is trying to show us how a real man acts. Brother, what if... Oh, my God, Lord, help us. What if that spirit of a champion was to return into the heart of the American male? What if the spirit of that champion, that David spirit, was returned into the heart of our pastors and our, and our godly men in our homes? What if that spirit was to return? What if the Lord is showing us Donald Trump the way a real man, from a courageous standpoint, operates. Now, here, here's one of the problems we have with him, Joe. He's crass. We look at him. We say that's not the way that a leader is supposed to be. Well, that's the way 
that we've been convinced leaders aren't supposed to be. Mm. What if, can you imagine if the door's shut, the door is shut and Vladimir Putin and Trump are in the same room? Can you imagine what might come out of Donald Trump's mouth towards Vladimir Putin? Can you imagine what might come out of of, uh, of Donald Trump's mouth when he's sitting with Mitch McConnell? Can you imagine that it's gloves off, man on man, man up, belly up here, buddy. We're going to get this straight, or we're going to have Paul Ryan and John Boehner behind closed doors sipping wine, getting along with each other. <laughs> oh, man. If, the, if this would be what the Lord is trying to show us, if he were trying to show us that that spirit of manliness, that masculine side of his church were to arise again, the Christian Donald Trump, if we had Christian Donald Trumps all across America. And I thought about this, Greg, Joe. Mitt Romney, Mormon. I'm sorry. Not serving the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm. Mitt Romney is more acceptable to conservative Republicans than Donald Trump, who claims to be a Christian. Donald Trump is a Presbyterian, he said. I would say an unregenerated, unredeemed Presbyterian. But he claims to follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We know he doesn't, but he claims to. Mitt Romney doesn't even claim to. Yet we say, well, Mitt's more conservative. Mitt looks better. Mitt's more dignified. How's that been working out for us? How's that been working out for us? So we live in times, brothers, like the world has never seen and like we never ever imagined we would be living in, ever, ever, ever. And I think it's a sin of presumption to think that we know Hey, can you imagine what some of the disciples must have thought about John the Baptist? Can you imagine? Can you imagine what some of the meetings they would have? They'd say to Jesus, Jesus, can't you shut your cousin up? Holy smokes! Can't you calm him down, Jesus? You don't think that went on? You don't think those kind of conversations went on? And so what we got, we got us a choice of the status quo with Jebby Bush and his mommy or Donald Trump and his manliness I think there's a message in there somewhere fellas Amen Absolutely and you go back to the you know the talk about the, the a man's man um, just as an example in 1804 Burr Hamilton duel I don't know how many people remember this <laughs> This was a, a, a major point in American politics where two men, um, the Secretary of the Treasury, Alexander Hamilton, and sitting Vice President Andrew Burr had a gun duel. One killed the other one. Uh, That's right. Burr sh- shot and mortally wounded, wounded Hamilton. That's right. And, um, <laughs> and you look today and you see what the culture is and the, uh, not that I'm advocating we should have duels, but you see where we, we how see far we fall. We see the evolution, don't we, Joe? We see mm-hmm. the evolution. Yep. Absolutely. Do we think that uh, uh, 
Pick out your president. Pick out. Do, do, do we think that guys like uh, uh, Patrick Henry? We think those were real polished guys and said all everything was prim and proper. Do we really believe that? These were men's men. It's what built this nation. I want people to understand. I'm not endorsing all of the evil things Trump has done. I'm not endorsing that. But is there a possibility that Donald Trump is redeemable? That he has redeemable qualities? We've heard him come out now and say that he's against abortion. How much more clear can he make it? I would believe that if Donald Trump became convinced that that was murder, he'd stop it. Absolutely, Mitt Romney Coach. wouldn't have stopped. May Romney wouldn't have stopped it. No way he would have. No, too much money to be made off it. He wouldn't stop it. And uh, whether we want to realize it or not, as you said at the beginning of the show, Greg, it's, it's two, two legs of the same bug. And Donald Trump, I believe, has an axe, and he's going to chop down both of those trees. You know, Coach, and I know we got to go to break, Joe. We can maybe take some calls in hour three, but I do want to say that once you get out, you know, I feel free, Coach. I don't know about you. But I feel that a sense too. of freedom. When you know, when you see the big picture, I have a lot of friends, and they use the term scared a lot. Hillary scares me. Trump scares me. This scares me. That scares me. When you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior indwelling in your heart, you, he is not giving you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And you should have a peace. That's not to say that you don't get worried or, you know, scared. We're only human. But predominantly, you should be experiencing a peace that surpasses all understanding if you have a close relationship with the Lord Jesus. Because the bottom line is that when you understand, when you understand, when Jesus came to this earth, he reserved his greatest condemnation, not for the Samaritans, not for the, uh, for the pagans, the idolaters, he reserved his greatest condemnation, coach, for the religious leaders of his day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the scribes, the political leaders, weighing men down with burdens they themselves wouldn't lift a finger to lift themselves. And we're seeing the more things change, the more they remain the same. Fast forward 2,000 years, and it's the same deal. It's the same group. It's the Pharisees on the left, and this, or the Sadducees on the left, that deny the resurrection, right? And the yep, Pharisees yep. on the right. Hold that back, Greg. We're going to go to our, our top of the hour break with Coach Dave Dobemeyer, PTSalt.com, and Greg Jackson, author of 40 Things to Teach Your Children Before You Die, GregJackson.com. That's G-R-E-G-G, two Gs. We'll be right back after these short messages. Stay with us. Your phone call's coming up. This is the Global Star Radio Network.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our third and final hour on this Friday edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. A couple quick announcements before we get back to our guests. Next week, uh, Monday, we have author Peter Lavenda coming on. Um, we're going to be talking about his book, Sinister Forces, Ratlines, and Hitler's Legacy. And Wednesday, uh, filmmaker Chris Pinto of the Georgia Guidestones documentary. Now, all of us here in the Hagman and Hagman studio had the opportunity to watch his documentary, and it was um, very intriguing and lots of uh, information in there that you never would have thought about the Georgia Guidestones, even though as as secretive and and, and, uh, as they are and and how they came about and why they're there. um, He made a a documentary um, that goes through basically the beginning and end of of the Guidestones, and we're going to be talking with him Wednesday, and again, Peter Lavenda, uh, Monday, author of Sinister Forces. It's going to be a fantastic week next week as we prepare for Dallas. And we're going to open up the phone lines. The number is 844-769-2944. That's 844-769-2944. If you want to jump on with Coach Dave Daubemeyer and Greg Jackson. And we're going to open with a question. Coach, this one's for you. Ask Coach to address those people who think that talk of politics is a distraction from God. Well, gee. Uh, Jesus told us in uh, uh, First uh, 1 John 3, 8, for this purpose was the Son of Man manifest that he would destroy the works of the devil. We have to ask ourselves, what are the works of the devil? Well, the works of the devil is sin. Sin is disobedience. Disobedience to, to God, to the laws of God, to the rules of God. Jesus' death, and burial, and resurrection was to destroy the works. In fact, Jesus said on, on the cross, it's finished. It's accomplished. I've done it. I've destroyed the works of the devil. Then Jesus, when he left us, before he left in Matthew 28, the last words that he said to, his, to those who were gathered around him, he said, All power is given unto me unto heaven and earth. Go ye therefore into all the earth, teaching them the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. See, this idea that, that there are two worlds, each of them uniquely separated from each other, is, is, is folly. It's foolishness. When, Jesus, when we say the Lord's Prayer, Joe, we say this, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So God, when Jesus taught us to pray, he taught us to pray that his kingdom would come in earth as it was in heaven. He told us when when he left us, go and teach them all I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the age. That the spiritual battle that's taking place in the heavenlies is being played out in the natural realm. And because those of us who have been called to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, Jesus told us in Matthew six that if the Matthew five that if the salt loses his savor, it is henceforth good for nothing except to be cast out under the, and trodden under the foot of men. That's happened to us. We have withdrawn, and Christianity is being trodden under the foot of men. I'm looking here 
in Ohio, and we're trying to get passed in our legislature, believe it or not, a Pastor Protection Act. I raised a stir last week when I came out publicly against that. I said, are you kidding me? That the Church of Jesus Christ is going to appeal to the government for protection? Do we have it upside down or what? <laughs> and the reality is, all laws and all government is the enforcement of somebody's beliefs. Now, if we are to go into all the world and teach those all he's commanded us, what does that look like? Well, it looks like the Christian society that we had at one time, 250 years ago, where we had, we had godly rulers, godly leaders, and godly laws that we followed. And in 1947, when they told us the lie that there was a separation between the church and the state, we, in fact, separated the sacred and the secular. They were never meant to be separated. They were to be mixed. The salt of the earth, the sacred, was to be the salt to the secular. But we have been teaching in our churches that the sacred is to be kept in the church, and the secular is to be in its own world outside. And as a result, we are seeing millions and millions of innocent people being trampled because we've hidden the salt in the salt shaker. We've hidden the light in, under the bushel basket, and we've allowed the secular world to operate away from Christian principles, harming people, destroying lives, plundering, while the church sits comfortably inside the four walls, holier than thou. That is an abomination to God. Again, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, Unto us a son is given, unto us a child is born, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and it shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Listen, guys. Christian principles, God's laws are protective. And if we were to enforce and codify into law godly principles... There would be more liberty, not less. There would be more freedom, not less. And there would be more safety, not less. And so our obligation, as we pass through ambassadors to this world, is we are to do everything that we can to, to impress upon the society and the culture those laws and those rules that he told us to go teach others to observe. A Christian culture and Christian society would be the safest, most fair environment that anybody could ever live in. And because we've and withdrawn from the secular, just peek outside your stained glass uh, fortress and look what's going on. And, men, and, and, men are using women's bathrooms while they are in them. Men are marrying men. Women are killing their babies as the church pulls back inside the church and becomes holier than thou and lets the world go to hell. And, Coach, I just wanted to add something uh, to that, which is to help answer that question, which is that God has ordained and created three forms of government, uh, family, being, you know, the most important and the first form of government ever created. And of course, Adam and Eve were the first family. And then the second form would be civil government, 
and then the church corporately, body, the body of believers, all created and ordained by God. So those of my Christian brethren that say, oh, yeah, I stay out of politics, I don't get involved in government, I don't vote, I try to. I don't. I don't even like to talk about it. I keep the uh, my religion and politics separate. We've all heard those things, right? That's well, right. Let, the, let the devil's kids make God, all the rules. That's right. But if God created civil government, if that's an institution wholly ordained and created by God, instituted by God Himself, then why would we, as the body of Christ, not be? Involved and engaged in civil government. And the fact of the matter is, Coach, you hit the nail on the head. The reason that America, the, the primary reason for America's greatness in 300 years, even preceding our founding, was that the secret source of America's strength was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and we were never a perfect country, but people had a general idea. They were biblically literate, they were God fearing. They knew right from wrong in general. Even non-believers knew right from wrong. And they were ashamed of their sin, and they didn't parade it around and try to mainstream it. And the fact of the matter is, when Christians decided to pull out fathers, primarily as the spiritual heads of their home, the spiritual leaders, the priests of their home that they were, that were all called to be, the primary moral and spiritual instructors of their children's upbringing, which is why I wrote my book, 40 Things for My Son, so that if I die unexpectedly, my son will know the most important things about salvation and faith and life and marriage and the law and government, the important things that his dad believed in. And that's primarily why I wrote the book, is to encourage other fathers especially to take back what God has commanded you to do take back that authority take back your place as the priest of your home be the man that your wife wants you to be the leader the strong leader the protector of your children and your family and the fact of the matter is coach fathers for the most part, I think 40% are just born as single moms now in our country. And the father is no longer the head of the home in most families and is no longer the spiritual head, even if they are in the home. And then in, in, the, in the church, we don't even have to talk about that. We know that a bunch of girly men are behind most pulpits, sadly. And I know that there are tens of thousands of good pastors who love, that are toiling in anonymity, who love their, they don't have the big mega churches, but they love their flock and they feed their sheep and they disciple those sheep and they protect, they guard those sheep and they don't let the hirelings inside the doors. So I, I want to make sure I, 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 I mention that. But for the most part, Men are nowhere to be seen in the family. The oldest institution God created, they're, they're not really in civil government because it's, you can't really bring your, your, your religious beliefs, unless you're pandering for votes, of course, into civil government. You can't, talk, you can't go in the public square and say abortion is wrong because it's murdering little babies and God says thou shalt not murder. End of story. If I were running Amen. for president, that's what I would say. And I'd say the first official act that I would 
do as President of the United States would be to, to restore the right to life for all innocent human persons from conception to natural death, because without the right to life, no other right can be guaranteed or safe in this country. And that's the type of president I will be. I will end the abortion holocaust. And that, but unfortunately, Coach, have you heard that in any of the debates? No, I, I haven't. I said, listen, if Ted Cruz, if Ted Cruz is really pro-life, why doesn't he get up there and say, listen, my first day in office, I'm going to issue an executive order Absolutely. all abortions in America until we figure out whether this baby is a baby or not. There will be a moratorium on baby killing from my first day in office. That's what a pro-life president would really do. And Greg, think about this for a second. Joe, think about this. One of the biggest jokes that we always ta talked about was when I grew up, I went to school with some preacher's kids. Did you go to school with some preacher's kids, anybody? Mm -hmm. Remember what those preacher's kids were like? Oh, my goodness. Uh, I could tell you some stories. Hey, look at Trump's kids. Mm. They appear to be good kids. They sure do, don't they, brother? That tells you something, too. So, again... We have to be very careful about our own piety, our own holier-than-thou attitude when we look at other people and make prior... I, see, I believe in judging. I believe in judging. Jesus told us to judge righteously. He told us to judge and to judge rightfully. But I know this. Donald Trump told us he's pro-life. Why would I not believe him? Absolutely. He told us he was. John Boehner told us he was, and I never saw any evidence of it. We have a, a full bank of callers whenever you, uh, you guys want to go to the phones. And, Coach, to the to the judging aspect, you know, people will say, well, doesn't the Bible say, judge not, lest ye be judged? But then we yeah, have to they, go back they, to the... They don't know how to read the rest of it, do they, Joe? So it's about... That, it, listen, we judge all the time. You'd be an idiot if you don't judge. Well, I, well, I have two beautiful daughters. They're both married now. But when, when uh, they were in school... And the boys got kind of sweet on them. They wanted to come over. I'm going to tell you something. When I went to the door and I saw the boy, I did some serious judging when I looked at him. <laughs> hey, only a good daddy would do that, right? We judge thousands thousands of times a day. But, judge hey, fruit, Joe. Brother, judge fruit. Seven, John 7, 24, to answer that question. Jesus was explicitly clear. John chapter 7, verse 24. What does he say? Let's go to the words of Jesus, and we'll go to the calls. John he says, 7.24. Yeah, do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. In other words, don't be a hypocrite. You know, make judgments, but don't be, don't be a hypocrite. Don't judge on appearances. But, Greg, go up seven verses. You'll know them by their fruit. That's right. That's judgment. Self-righteous yeah. legal uh, pietism and censorious judgment is what Jesus was warning people not to, to, to utilize when, when judging people and situations. But to, to say hey, not hey, to hey. judge. By the way, when somebody says to me, who are you to judge? Uh, uh, you know what I tell, ask them? I ask, <laughs> I ask them, well, aren't you judging me? By asking me who am I to judge, you're making a judgment that I that I don't have a right to judge. You're making a judgment. It's pretty easy to rebut. Another question. Yeah. Who's closer to heaven? Who's closer to heaven? You ready? Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Or Mitt Romney. 
No doubt, Donald Trump. No doubt, Why in my mind. He's chosen darkness. He's chosen. He's rejected the God of the Bible. Absolutely. Right? Yet we we welcome Romney and we reject Trump. Oh my goodness, hey, Lord, hey, Coach. Coach, help, before, our eyes, help hey, our eyes to be opened. Coach, before we go to the calls, real quickly, we've 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 talked about Mormons and we talked about Mormonism a few times, and I want to be conscious of the fact that there there probably is in this vast major uh, audience maybe a few Mormons who are listening to this show. I wanted to say every Mormon that I've ever met has been the nicest person. Absolutely, they are the some of the nicest, sweetest, uh, right. caring, compassionate people I've ever met. But yeah. I, I will say this. The Jesus of Mormonism is not the Jesus of the Bible, and I love you Amen, enough brother. if you're li listening. To, and coach, you 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 know you cited it earlier. The Jesus of Mormonism is not the Jesus of the Bible. May today be the day that you search the Scriptures, because if you read the Bible, you will see that Jesus is not the spiritual brother of Lucifer. You will see that Jesus was not a man who became God, but that he was eternally existing with the Father from, from before the heavens and the earth were ever created, eternally existing, the Alpha and the Omega. He was not, and, 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 and the Bible explicitly says that when we die as believers, there's two places that a person goes to. We either blaspheme the Holy Spirit and reject the free gift of salvation and go to hell, which is really hot and it's really forever. It's for eternity. And I pray that nobody in your audience goes is separated from God eternally in hell. But the good news is that the other place that we go when we repent of our sins and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior is heaven. And I pray that, that Mitt Romney as much of a toxic sewage dump that he left in my state when I lived in Massachusetts. By the way, I introduced him at CPAC uh, two years in a row before my eyes were open. So that, look at the irony in all of that. Uh, uh -huh. But the, the fact of the matter is that if there are Mormons or anybody else who has not repented their sins and placed their faith in the uh, in God's Son, Jesus Christ, may today alone. be the day of salvation for you. Yeah, we love you enough to Christ, tell you the truth. Christ alone. Christ alone. Not Christ in the Pearl of Great Price, not Christ in the Book of yes. Mormon, in Christ alone. Amen. It's not by works, lest any man should boast. If you're trusting right. in works, if you're trusting in anything other than the precious blood of Jesus, you are not, you have not placed your faith in God's one and only Son of the Bible, through whom we are forgiven of our sins and receive eternal life in heaven forever. Coach and I love you enough to tell you, if you're in a false religious system, no matter what it is, if it's works-based, if it's anything outside or adding to God's Word, uh, like, for example, Mormonism or, or Jehovah's Witnesses or whatever, uh, religious system you are in everything every religious system is based on what you do Christianity is what he has done for us and Christianity isn't religion Christianity is truth Jesus said I am the truth the way and the life if you want to be free from whatever ails you whatever sin entangles you ensnares you enslaves you may tonight be the night of salvation for you and it's simple all you have to do 
is repent of your sins and, and receive the Lord Jesus. Call on the name of the Lord tonight and be saved forever. Amen. There's no better deal than that, Coach and Joe. <laughs> More, hey, Mormons are great moral people. They're faithful to their faith. Absolutely, Jesus, they are. He was the only way. He was the only way. It's not my opinion. I'm just, I'm a Christian. I, I just believe what the Bible says. And again, we're confused because we we look at good works. We look at Mitt Romney. He seems like a lot moral guy, a lot more moral guy than Donald Trump. So therefore, he's more palatable to us. But they're both lost. If they haven't trusted in Christ, in Christ alone, they're both lost. That's right. It, the the the, uh, the the foot of the cross is equal for I mean, it, Coach. I mean, before I was saved, I was chief among sinners. I would put Paul to shame, guaranteed. Me too, brother. Me too. But all Let's I can say phones, is that Joe. all I can say. Hey, last thing I'm going to say, Joe, and go to the phones. If you're waiting to clean your life up or to get some sin out of your life before you repent and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and become what the Bible calls born again in John chapter three, as Jesus explains to Nicodemus. Do not wait. Don't attempt to clean yourself up. You will not be able to do it, my friend, because salvation is a work of God. It's a sovereign work of God. If he's knocking at the door, receive it. Open the door. Invite him into your heart. Do not wait another moment. Amen. Absolutely. Let's go to the phones. We have first Nick in Florida, you're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report with Coach Dave and Greg Jackson. Hey, Nick. Hi, Joe. This is. Hey, Nick. Hi, guys. Hi, Joe. This is Nick, the musician from Florida. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. Good to hear from you. Good. Yeah. Okay. There is so much you guys are hitting on. Of course, the most important thing is for people to receive Christ. I'm scribbling my notes furiously here. Um, talking about Romney. Um, have you guys heard about the white horse prophecy spoken of in the Book of Mormon? Absolutely. Okay. The Constitution hanging by a thread. Right. Zenith 2016, Tom Horn talks about that. A few minutes ago, you guys talked about judging. Well, I think probably judging not from a fleshly perspective is always a good way to, to do that. All right, let's get on to the topics that you basically have been talking about. You have Trump, Hillary Cruz, Rubio Sanders, and everybody else. Well, God knows the end from the beginning. Everything happens for a reason. He knows how everything's going to work out. So everybody's placed there for specific, for specifically God's purpose. Although we don't know how that all is going to work out, um, which is, of course, how it is. Romans 8.28, all things work together for good to those that love God, to those who are the called according to his, his purpose. And we know America is under judgment. Um, that judgment is coming. It's inevitable. There's no political solution to spiritual problems. Um, have you recently heard, there was a report today, a New York Magazine news reporter had a tweet, I believe it was, not a Facebook post, where he was saying something about offering $100 million to kill Trump. And according to the guidelines by either Twitter or Facebook, they said, well, I'm sorry, we can't delete that because it doesn't uh, go against our guidelines. Yet they'll have a picture of a stick man and a stick woman equals marriage, and they'll discontinue or delete that because that goes against their guidelines. It's like, are you kidding me? You know, it just—I don't know about it, you guys. It—it it just hit me while, while, while you're describing that. 
the reason that the that the globalists want Trump out as badly as they do is because America, the destruction of America is the last thing that stands in the way of an establishment of a one world. Uh, banking right. system and government, and now they have Donald Trump throwing a monkey wrench in it all, don't they? Amen, brother. They Amen. can't buy him out. He's too rich. They, he can't be bought. So if he can't be bought, that puts him in a very precarious situation. Because Amen. if he is in there only because of his own desire, or whatever the desire might be, and he can't be bought, and if everything is a selection, not an election, that puts him in a very dangerous position. Amen. I think, agree with that. Think brother. about that. I, I mean, agree with that. Yeah, he can. I think we all need to think about this, Nick. Uh, why would he even want that job? Why? Why? He doesn't need that job. I mean, he, he doesn't need that job. So there's something, there's something. going on. There's a divine that's making this there's a divine guy want to be president of the United States. His life's in danger. Right. Clearly, it is. Why would he do Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Absolutely. He's 70 years old. Maybe he's looking at his life and thinking, man, this place is falling apart. What am I leaving? What is Trump Plaza? What's all that worth if we lose this nation? I, I think, we're, I think we're misreading a lot of things about Donald Trump. You know another thing, Dave? Also, Trump is the mouthpiece for this country right now. Basically, people in this country, they all want to shoot their mouth off. They all want to be aggressive. They all want to be... Um, argumentative and Trump is that person that's doing it for them okay yeah. so there's yeah. there's definitely something behind this and of course there's always something spiritual behind everything that we we battle we battle not against flesh and blood but i Amen. am seriously concerned for Trump's safety cuz number one because he can't be bought and if illuminati does control the government which we are pretty we are pretty sure that they do then he is putting himself in a very precarious situation and then he has, and, but, and so why, again, why? Why would he do that? Why would he do that? Okay, he doesn't. Uh, he, he doesn't need the money. He doesn't need doesn't his need ego it. fed any more than it is. So no. what's the point? I personally think if everything that happens, God has put it there for a specific purpose. Trump, all the other candidates, everything that's happening is for a certain specific reason. Even yes, sir. Oh. Sorry, Nick, I threw you on hold there. Uh, I, Greg. I, 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 yeah, I agree. I agree with what what Nick's saying, and and uh, again, why would he want to do this? And see, Joe, do you remember when they first started this out? They said he was a stalking horse for Hillary. That they tried to do yes. everything they could to c c convince us that this guy, this guy, he first of all, he don't like to lose. He losing to him is an embarrassment. For him to lose now would it would be an embarrassment. He does. His ego is too strong. And the idea that he's just a stalking horse, uh, I could, Nick, I couldn't agree more. I, I, I fear for his safety. If they got Scalia, they can get Trump. Absolutely. All right. Uh, What's going to happen before you. happens? Thanks Hello? for your call, Nick. You have a great yeah, night. Great We're call, gonna Nick. Good call, great, Nick. Good Move have a great on, night, brother. James in Ohio is up next. Thanks for holding. James, you're live with Coach Dave and Greg Jackson. Thank you. Thank you, guys. As goes the church, so goes the nation. Let me translate that. Changing a nation doesn't start with the president. It starts with the church. Amen. Amen. And, Coach, you're, I, I am part of those morning Bible locker room, whatever you want to call them, sessions that we're having. And sure. it's been a blessing to me. There has to be a way 
that we can get that or some kind of a link that we can get just the past ones this past week that we've done and I would recommend everybody everybody and, and, and on this call tonight that's listening look and listen to those they're about an hour apiece but every bit of it you talk about epiphanies and lights going off my goodness lights going on it's incredible coach is there is there a link that they can get they can to just these? go to coachdave.tv is the best way to do it Jim coachdave.tv okay. and they're they're all there. There's three weeks of them there. Just just pick one. There's four weeks of them. Just pick one. Just take an hour. Turn off Limbaugh. Turn off Hannity. Just take an hour. Turn off Fox News and just listen to what's going on on those calls. They're unbelievable. They're addicting. They're addicting. Great job, all you guys. And, and, and I'm singing with the choir, brothers. Thank you very much. Amen, buddy. Thank you, Thank you. If you listen to Coach night. Dave first thing in the morning, you will not need coffee. He'll wake you up. Okay. <laughs> All good. right. But if you don't like yelling, don't turn in because it, we're in the locker room with the coach brothers. That's the way it is. Oh yeah. Yep. A lot of testosterone. I love it. And you know Who's what? We got, right. uh, we got we got we got a group of guys, Joe. I'm just telling you, it's like the Hagman and Hagman report. We've got some guys. Think about this: who get up at seven o'clock every morning, every morning, and they we sit together for an hour, and they're watching us all across the country now, and it's a it is a it is so empowering and so enlightening, and we just we just ask others just to just join us if you can't do it at seven o'clock, pick that thing up any time during the day. It's it's at CoachDave.tv. Uh, I'm not marketing anything. I'm not charging anything. I'm just telling you, we are having enlightening, eye-opening experiences, and we'd love as many people to join us as can. That's awesome, Coach. I can't wait to uh, to be a part of that and to, to join you. We're going to Vicki next in North Carolina. Vicki, you're live on the Hagman and Hagman Report. Shabbat shalom, gentlemen. I have hey, touched on some really hey. Y'all touched on some a lot of really good thing. I wanted to address the, the the woman issue and the men issue, but first I wanted to um, say to Mr. Jackson about you know not getting yourself cleaned up before you repent. That is so very true. The fisherman always cleans the fish. Amen. Always Amen. cleans. The, fi- the fisherman point. always cleans the fish. The fish doesn't yeah. run around in the sea trying to get all nice and prepared to be caught into the net. The f- he goes into the net. The fisherman Amen. always cleans the net. I also, Amen. and then about the, the women and the men, and I guess I'm probably going to upset maybe a lot of women out there. Um, <clears throat> I am almost 52 years old, so... I was born right when uh, the whole school thing, prayer and all of that came out of school. And I was just a little girl when the whole abortion thing came up. And I wasn't part of the quote-unquote women's movement. But I think and I believe very strongly because, because of who my creator is, I believe that the women's movement, the women's movement, the equal rights women's movement, burn your bra, all of that stuff has done more harm to this nation than any other single issue in this country. We, it you is, know, when we go I'm, to the abortion I'm, clinics, and I'm standing outside the abortion clinics, and the women are getting out of their cars, or the, the women are standing around, I tell them this, 
Look at the fruit of feminism. Look where you are right now because of feminism. The feminism told you it was your body, your choice, your responsibility. Some guy takes you out, he lays you down in the backseat of his car, he impregnates you, and then he walks away. All the women's movement has done is given men the ability to be irresponsible. You have bought Absolutely. a lie. The seed of feminism has destroyed this nation. And that's why I it said has. also... I want to see Trump take that spirit on against Hillary. Well, I think that, uh, and I also believe that one thing that, that the women's movement has done, it has it has demasculated our men. You've got Amen. these men in this, in this country, you know, and I don't know what I can say on the air or what is allowed. I guess there's a delay. You can delete it if you like. But because of women... In the whole birth control issue, we want to cut men literally, physically. Get the vasectomy. And that affects, that affects the, the, the uh, procreation. That, that we're, we're de- we've demasculated the men in this country and told Amen. them that they can't be men anymore. I don't oh, do, do you see the point I'm saying about man, Trump? Man. That's what's attracting us to us. He's manly. He well, he doesn't take any crap off of anybody either. He's That's just right. not in the That's crap manly. business. He's not in the crap business. And I, you hey. know, I listen. I love a guy in a good tie and dressed up, but I want a man, man. I also think that part of that problem is it does go back to the church. It goes back to what the other caller said about you fix the church, you fix the nation. Because Amen. when you go back, people people have such a, a um, as far as equal, men and women being equal, in the eyes of Yahweh, we are equal. But we think that our society is what has dictated to us the roles of men and the roles of women. Women used to be women of valor. They That's used right. to, you know, this whole thing about, you know, Eve coming out of Adam's rib, well, Keep this in mind. The rib goes all the way around to the backside. Mm-hmm. And so if a woman is standing back to back, back to back with her husband, she's got his back and he's got hers. So there is equality there. And I think that our society has put high heeled shoes and aprons on women and not allowed women to really... Um, be that partner for their husbands that they're supposed to be and men, these roles have been dictated by our society <clears throat> no wonder the divorce rate is so high and it's higher in the church Amen. than it is in the, in the general population so I really think that we've really got to get back to scripture we've really got to get back to uh, these men and women we, we've, we've got to call some kind of truce or something and get us back to the Garden of Eden where men and women took care of each other, they looked out for each other, they participated in the daily goings-on of the family. The women have come along and all these movements have come along. And just in my lifetime, I have watched the demise of my country. And it's heartbreaking for me. It's really heartbreaking. And I blame women. I blame women in the church because the church is peddling a bunch of lies. And um, they they just do, and and 
We need to go back to the garden and we need to put families back together because the family is the backbone of any nation. And um, so that's basically just what I wanted to say. Hey. You know, and, and I do like that about Trump, that he's kind of macho, you know, sort of. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> what is your name? He's a little crass, but Vicky. he's an old man, isn't he? Vicky? He is. Vicky, yes. Vicky, you had so many wonderful things, and thank you for your contribution. I wanted to say one thing that, that really caught my attention I want to comment on. Number one, remember, you talked about the Garden of Eden. It was in the Garden of Eden that Eve was deceived. She, right? She, instead of right. submitting to the authority of her husband, she decided to take matters into her own hands. And that's Can really... Can I ask you a question about that? Pardon me? Can I, ask you a, can I ask you a question about that? Yep, sure. Where was Adam? Well, there you go. What? He was there there right you go. What? It was just, it was, it was primarily... Was your, you're exactly right. My 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 point in, in, in my 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 point of bringing that up is you just hit on something that's I think really really important tonight because when we focus you know the group focus on the family here in Colorado Springs but when we literally yeah. focus on our families we because we, we're asking ourselves well what can we do you know on the national level it's you know we can talk about all of these things but what are some things that we can practically do. Tomorrow, in our own families, and Coach, you and I and Joe were talking about at the break. I think personally that this, you know, I don't know what the outcome of the election is going to be. I don't know what the state of the economy is going to be, but I do know that I have a lot more control over the state of the economy in my home and the state of affairs in my home. And what would this country look like? You got seven hundred and fifty thousand to a million listeners to to your show, Joe. What would it look like if one mom and dad from each family decided they were going to step out in faith and they were going to be obedient to God and they were going to step out of their comfort zone and they were going to do what Vicki, this thoughtful caller who, who who is just with us, said, which is getting back to basics in their families. What if 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 we shared God's word with our kids once a day? What if what if what if men started being home more and off the golf course more and, and, and at their sporting events and turned off the, the, the TV and the sports and spent intentional time with their wives listening and talking? What would our country look like? You know, because we know we're not going to change it from Washington, but could we see a real revival if those types of things in our nation took place in individual homes across our country? Absolutely. What if all all of the empty churches during the week, Monday through Friday, were filled with mommies and kids in homeschool co-ops? What if the local mm. church could get a vision to train the next generation in the fear and the admonition of the Lord and pull them out of those hell holes known as public school systems? Amen. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I've apologized. My children are grown. They're in their early 20s. And I've apologized to my children for the state that this nation has become. And I've apologized to them because they they look around in the world that they live in and they see... No, they they see no God. It, uh, they no. only see it because they see it. They saw it at home. They saw it with me, and 
you know, I had to teach it to them because the world isn't going to teach it to them, and Washington, D.C. certainly isn't going to teach it to them. Amen. Definitely Amen. not. And we do, we've got to, we have got to turn this country around. Like you were saying, Dave, about your children and your grandchildren, you know, I mean, they they don't deserve this. And this is what we've left. And it's scary to me, and I joke with my kids, Man, you're really going to get me back when I get old because you're going to be in charge, and we're going to deserve it. This generation, yeah, they're be really they're they're going to stick it to us. <laughs> I really do. What kind of that. grandpa? What kind of grandpa stands stands idly by while city council legalizes transgender bathrooms? Mm. We've lost <laughs> freaking minds. Yeah. That's right, Vicky. Thank you so much for your call. You have a great night. We're going to move thanks, on next Vicky. to Bob in Connecticut. Bob, thanks for holding you live with Greg and I, Dave. I, how are you guys tonight? I'm a first-time listener to your uh, show. I saw uh, Doug today on the uh, Alex Jones show. I want okay. to answer Dave's question first about why Donald Trump is doing this. Donald Trump is running for President of the United States. He has everything he needs right now. He's got the money. He's got the prestige. He doesn't need the most, the, the worst job in the world, which is the President of the United States. But he's doing this because he sees what's coming around the corner. He sees the New World Order. He sees the TPA. He sees the TPIP. He saw what NAFTA and GATT have done to this country. He knows the plans, the globalist plans for, uh, for America to strip us of his sovereignty. So, just so everybody understands my position, you guys are pretty spot on with everything tonight. But my position is, hey Bob, Donald Trump, Bob. Bob I, said, I said to my wife just the other day, do we have any idea what Donald Trump knows that we don't know? I'm telling you, brother, he has got a bevy of researchers. He knows so much more than what we know. He knows what's going on. He knows about the men behind the curtain. He knows it all. And he has made this decision to leave the comfort of playing golf every day, boating around the world, flying around to sporting events, to go through this grind and this embarrassment to be president of the United States. It has to be more than just ego. It could be the Donald fear of God, was, too, Coach. Donald yeah, Trump was recruited. Something beyond for this what we job. can even understand, I'm yeah. telling you. Donald Trump was recruited for this job, I believe. Whether it was a, a divine recruitment, but believe me, the people that he has with him, uh, former General Michael Flynn, uh, another colonel that's a close advisor to him, he knows exactly what's going on. And, and you know what, Bob? He's he not pulling in a bunch of limbs, is he? He's not pulling in a bunch of limbs. He wants to save this country. He would sacrifice. Yes, he's sacrificing his life. Because, believe it, there's no doubt that his life is in danger. The Pope speaks out about him. The, the Chinese government speaks out about him, threatens us, don't elect him. Vincente Fox speaks out about him. Obama says he can't be president. Uh, every, all the media is attacking him. We know it's all controlled. They don't watch TV. The media's controlled. All they're doing is brainwashing everybody. But I think there's a lot of people that understand they can't believe what's coming out of their TV sets anymore. They cannot believe the news. That's a, it's an illusion. Uh, 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 the reality 
it's actually an illusion perpetrated by the TV, Hollywood, and um, a social engineering that's been going on in this country of control to break down the American family, to destroy this country, the last thing that stands in their way. Hollywood, the debauchery on TV and in the movies. Where does all the violence come from that, that you see in our streets? It comes straight out of television. It comes Absolutely straight right, out of Bob. Hollywood. Okay? And that's Absolutely where right. everybody's learning it. It comes straight out of that, uh, what's his name, Viacom, uh, the old the old guy there, uh, Red, said the Redstone. He's the one that pushes that gangster rap on the inner cities. He's the one that socially engineered the, the generation or two of the urban youth into what they are today. It was a, uh, a concerted effort on their part to make them gangsters with no, with no uh, uh, self-respect and thinking that drugs and hoes and pimping and... Thanks, hey, Bob, for your call. Bob, Joe, uh, uh, Greg, I just got a text from a friend of mine. L listen to this. He didn't have a phone number. He says, Trump's the only choice we have. The RNC betrayed us. Boehner betrayed us. Paul Ryan betrayed us. Republican Congress betrayed us. Rubio and Cruz are liars. The nation's under judgment, and there are no political answers to our spiritual problems. Nevertheless, America's hanging by a thread, and this nation has a chance for has a change for what it has to be. Has to be true, heartfelt repentance and revival must come to the church, or there is no hope for the future of our company, country. Romney and Ryan are part and parcel of this globalist agenda, and that is why they have joined the liberal reprobates in this attack on Trump. Trump is standing in the way of the new world, world order, and they hate him for it. God is using Trump to wake up a backslidden nation. Brother, amen, Jim. Amen. Wow. All right. If we can, uh, I got a um, email question here, and this is uh, it says uh, um, to ask both Coach and Greg to expound on uh, John Paul Jackson's word from 2012 that a bulldozer will bulldoze the White House and everything in its path for the 2016 election. They asked, could this be Donald? There, he was referring to that from Peter. <laughs> Brother, it's like uh, it's like this. You're speaking about a bulldozer. Donald Trump has come in and he has bulldozed. It's been unbelievable to watch what, what's happened. He has been a bulldozer. And he has thrown around so much dirt that even he's covered with it. He's covered with it, too. And so we're sitting back and we're trying to figure out what's going on with all this dirt and everything that's flying around. And I couldn't agree more that he has been a political bulldozer that I believe has been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. Is he a righteous man? I don't know how many times I can say that. No, he isn't. But God can use any man he wants to use. I, Absolutely. I see him more of a, more of a, a honey badger inside the, the beehive with just honey all over his face, and he's just sopping it up. And uh, <laughs> right, and all of his opponents are 
are wondering who this guy is, and he's just having a field day. Absolutely. He's a honey badger. Amen. Right. Amen. We, got, we have a few people on hold. We have three calls. Uh, we have about seven minutes left, so we're going to do the lightning round here. We're going to go to Lauren, Christina, then Laura. Lauren in Oklahoma, you're up first. You're live on the Hagman and Hagman. Yes. Yes, my name is Lauren. Hi, Lauren. And, uh, hey, Lauren. Thank God for hey, Lauren. you guys. You and Greg and Dave. Glory to God. I'm I'm one of those that used to be the cheapest sinners. I'm a street, I don't know, evangelist or whatever. I'm not a prophet or nothing, but, I mean, I've had a dead man raised in my own arms, and I could tell you for hours the miracles that Jesus Christ has done in in my life. I'm 74 years old, and I've been praying about Trump and all this stuff, and it keeps rolling and over, just like Nebuchadnezzar, uh, you know how he used him. I don't know if everybody's yeah. familiar with the story, but uh, sure, sure. I, I believe Jonah. he's raised he's Jonah on the Nineveh. Yeah, I believe he's raising them up, just like Nebuchadnezzar, or Drezzer, or however you say it. And uh, I mean, I go around my street here, and. I get more miracles on my street than most people have seen in their whole lives. I get talk for two days. And I just, it goes over and over inside me since I've been praying that uh, on Trump, you know, that he's going to raise him up. It's like Nebuchadnezzar and, uh, and use him mightily. And, and, it just, it won't leave my spirit. Uh, I just, you know, I've, I've been through everything there is. I've had eight heart attacks. I've had stage four prostate cancer. And God's delivered me out of all of this stuff. And, uh, I just, a week ago, my retina, my eye just let go. I had to have it operated on. And you talk about some persecution. Uh, glory to God. I just the good news is, brother, we never know what the Lord is doing, and I can promise you this: it's never what we think. That's right. Yep, that's right. And I just thank God for you guys. There is a remnant in this United States and other countries that are praying for us, and the Lord showed me that. And and. He says his will be done. Amen. And, uh, I guess I'm not going to take up no more time, but I, I just thank God for you guys standing up together. Good morning. God, God bless you. Keep on the firing the line, my friend. Give him, give him heaven, Lauren. Give him heaven. <laughs> you have a great night. What a blessing. You God bless you, okay. too, Lauren. Take God care. God bless you. Wow. All right, we're going to go to Christina next. Christina from Florida, you're live. Hi, guys. Great show tonight. <clears throat> I think um, from listening to the show, I think we all need to get in that fruit salad and start judging those fruit, whether it be strawberries, pineapples, oranges. Yeah, we're supposed to be judging fruit. And um, 
Joe, you can take that. You can take your dad, Joe. I, I took one of his phrases when Mr. Dobermeyer and Jackson were talking about Trump being this man-man. And there you have it. There you have it. That is a lot of the problem. This 501c3 has castrated our men. Mm. They don't say anything else. And there you have it. Amen. We need some godly men to stand up and say, no, I won't do it. Amen. I won't Amen. And, 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 and I mean, my pastor, if he stands up and said, I'm right behind you, I got you, I got your back, I got your side, I'm, I'm with you. So I just wanted to say thank you guys. Tell Doug I said, and there you have it. And let's get into that fruit salad. <laughs> God bless you. Thank you, Christina. God bless you. Have a great night. God bless you, Christina. All right, we have Laura oh, from the callers. What a we only have Joe. You guys are so blessed to have the audience that you have. Absolutely, truly I amazing. Agree with you more, it's... Laura, New Jersey. You got about Hello. a minute. Hi. Yes, okay. I'll, I'll try to go fast. I'm a New Jersey girl, so we talk fast anyway. <laughs> okay, listen, the Lord showed me to be like Anna Prayer Warriors. And when Clinton was running, I went to the Word, and he showed me that he was putting the man in place for judgment. And when he's pouring out judgment on a people, he takes down their borders and lets the foreigners come in. So I haven't Amen. voted since then. So now... For Trump, the Lord has showed me, and this is what my hope is, that he's using him as a Nineveh reprieve time till Jesus comes. And that's the only really reason I'm praying fervently for him, because he said he will go after those beheading Christians. So he, he says, if God is not, if they're not against us, they're for us. So yeah, that's, that's exactly one right. of the prayers. That's exactly right. That's right. And then, I'm just going to go quick, because I want to get this all in, because it's, it's what the Lord's using me for every morning. The Jehoshaphat spirit, in the midst of these evildoers, that God sets them against each other, they kill each other and kill themselves rather than us, and he Amen. will use the wicked to take down the evil, and that he, um, the Haman punishment, everything they plan against us, God turns it back on them. And there's just so much. But when you get, oh, the net, the web, the snare, the pit, the hole they dug for us, that the Lord will put them in it, all with them, and their bloodline, instead of us, like he did Pharaoh. Amen. That's Egypt. Psalm 35, isn't Thanks, it? Laura. Proverbs 4. We are at the end of the show. Coach oh, Dave, Greg, God bless you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joe. I wish we had more time. That's been a fantastic show. Um, hey, give your dad a big hug for me, will you, Joe? I look forward to seeing you guys here in a couple weeks. Amen. Absolutely. We'll do it for both of you, and can't wait to see and meet you, Greg, for the first time. And Dallas, I'm going to give you so, a big bear yeah. hug, Joe. <laughs> Until next week, stay safe, <laughs> God bless, have a great night. This is the Global Star Radio Network.